This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas. So, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're looking well, pal. You are looking well. You obviously it's, going to somebody else. You got you going to someone else's house, aren't you? It looks nice. That exactly. Place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm at, I'm at my carer's house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not at home. Are we uh, visual? Are we all, are we all looked at? Is it just no? So it's audio. I'm thinking of Scotty's face, to be honest. Let's <laughs> cover it up. I've been <laughs> using I've been using that to I love ugly again. <laughs> <laughs> Give him plenty of warning because he'll have to get his good side. It's been about ages. But... Yeah, you're yeah. looking, you're looking lovely. Right here we go. Hello, and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast. Robins reunited, the first Robins reunited since May this year, and that was with Andy May and Mickey Mellon. And at the start of that, uh, we actually recorded the conversation that they had when they first saw each other on screen because they hadn't seen each other for thirty years. So there was a lovely moment where Mickey and Andy were reunited effectively then that is the the purpose of this podcast on today's podcast my my two guests actually keep in touch as far as i'm led to believe and uh i'm not technically reuniting them because they 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 talk quite frequently and that is andy leaning and martin scott so andy to you first how are you very good thanks yeah uh, in good good form and uh, yeah unfortunately i was out in a little afternoon in york a couple of years ago and walked past one of my favorite pubs called the duke of york and who started rapping on the window, miles out of his patch, him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we had half a decent afternoon together, didn't we? And then uh, we had I another bet. one last year. So so we have been reunited a little bit more than uh, than 30 years, I must admit. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. And uh, this is actually your <laughs> second appearance on the podcast, Andy. You you joined me just over a year ago to to celebrate the 60th birthday of Jackie Jackanowski. And uh and then we did that, I think, on the, the Sunday. And then on the Tuesday, I actually managed to track Jackie down and had a conversation with him. But uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, um, and actually the day before his 60th birthday. So that was quite uh, quite something to, to get hold of him. We had a good 25 minutes conversation. But oh, thank good. you for your input yeah. on that podcast. No and uh, we'll bring in uh, our, our second guest, and that is Martin Scott. Martin, how are you? I'm very well. Like I said, I, can, uh, I was desperate not to not to see Andy walk past the uh, the Duke of York. <laughs> it cost me it cost me a couple of pints, so I was devastated. You know what I mean? Devastated. Oh, brilliant! It's... It must have been great to get back together and uh, you you guys catching up. And that's the purpose of this podcast is to get players from Bristol City Pass back together, talk about old times. I'm sure there's plenty of stories you can talk about, and I'm sure there's plenty of stories you can't talk about. <laughs> Trying to get stories out of Vandy about Jackanowski was was really hard. And same with anybody you'd ever played with with Jackie. But um, this is the Leaning and Scott podcast, not the Jackanowski podcast. So uh, let's get straight down to, to business. Um, Andy Leaning, uh, born in Howden, which I had to Google where that was, and it's near York, which is kind of yeah, yeah. where you... Where where you are now in 1963 89 appearances for bristol city 30 clean sheets and i assume you went to school in york and i guess when did you realize that you wanted to become a goalkeeper 
Uh, well, as a kid, we used to we used to play in the back lane, and uh, you know I was one of the younger lads, and, and there was the big lads and the smaller lads. And one day they were short of a keeper, and they said, "Right, you get in this goal here." So that's exactly what I did. And uh, it was at a working men's club at the end of our street, and there was a, a you know like a, a light that just went on a little bit longer than normal, so we could uh, we could also play a little bit longer as well. So that's how it started, really, and I sort of played in goal from that point onwards. Yeah, and I, as I've done my research, and I think you had a chance to play for York or Middlesbrough, but decided to become a joiner instead initially. <laughs> I didn't decide, no. My father, all typical Northern, I mean, Scotty will know this, typical Northern, North, you know, Yorkshire. Um, I was at Middlesbrough between 14 and 16, and I didn't get the apprenticeship there. But um, I was then offered the apprentice terms at York City. And uh, I was going to accept them. I was desperate to accept them because what I wanted to do. I mean, I was no academic by any means. So, uh, but anyway, my dad said, no, but on the way home, he just said, no, I've got your job and you start a week on Tuesday. And uh, you get a trade some before you're going to start thinking about football. So I was a late starter, really. So I had an apprenticeship till I was 22. Yeah. And uh, I was offered a contract by former manager, Dennis Smith, at yeah. uh, York City. So, and that was in 85, 86, then, yeah. Yeah, a bit a bit later on, we I've got a player profile from an old program of both of you where you say lots of uh, funny stories as well as some, um, you know, ask questions like who who was the biggest influence on your career, and you said Dennis Smith. Yeah, yeah Dennis Smith and a, and a chap called Viv Busby, uh, his assistant. Uh, they picked me up from sort of non-league, and um, for the first six to eight weeks pre-season into the season, I was struggling. It was just the fitness demands of fitness. And the, and the goalkeeping techniques as well. And in those days, it was rock hard. It always was in pre-season. Went to Scotty. <laughs> but as soon as you went to pre-season, it was always 90 degrees. And eventually, I sort of got to grips with things. And I actually made uh, my debut at Newport County. But the goalkeeper previously, like called Mick Asbury, had got injured at old, the old ground at Eastville, at Bristol Rovers. Wow. So actually, Rovers did me a favour on that one. And I got in on the Tuesday night and uh, I carried on from from there really for the rest of the season and uh, enjoyed a couple of good seasons at York City, yeah. Love that. Right, before we come to your your transition to Bristol City, we'll talk about Martin. So Martin, born in Sheffield in 1968, started out as a midfield player, then turned mm. left-back. How did that uh, come about? I was, uh, obviously I was Sheffield, I was Sheffield boys and, and, and uh, but the actual closest ground I actually uh, lived lived to was was Rotherham. Uh so every every school holiday or every every chance we got we used to go down training in the indoor gymnasium at uh, the old Millmore. Uh and then our Sunday league team started to do ball boying for the games, first team games. And then I just got the opportunity to sign for them at 14 on schoolboy forms. I think me and Andy spoke about it before. It used to be schoolboy forms for a couple of years until you got to 16. And then it was only me and Phil Crosby. He was a left back uh, at the club, and I was in the stands at 16. And Phil actually broke his leg for the first team that day. And I'd never played left back. I'd always played midfield. Uh, I was only I'm 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 only five foot ten now, but back then I was really really small, and 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 always a massive question mark about yeah he's a decent player, but will he grow that sort of scenario, and. Uh, I was sat in the stands watching the first team and Phil uh, sadly broke his leg. Uh, and I was the only other left back in the, in the club. And it just so happened I, uh, I got the opportunity. I played left back from then and uh, and took it. And, and obviously then I made a career out of playing left back. But like I said, 
growing up as a as a young boy at grassroots, always midfield. I could run all day, uh, technically not the best, but run all day and, and, and trying to get round the pitch. But once I once I went to left bike, I seemed to just sort of fall in place there, obviously my left foot and it became natural and uh, like I said, I made, made a career from from someone else's uh, bad bad situation, really. Uh, yes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes how it goes, isn't it? And am I right in thinking that Norman Hunter took over at some point in during your time? Yeah, that's right. I was a I was a schoolboy at uh, Emily News was the manager, and then uh, Norman Hunter came came on board. Uh, Norman used to well, Emily and Norman used to join in training. My God, <laughs> uh, what a both unbelievable characters. Obviously, Emily News at the time was on Question of Sport, and it was a massive name. Uh, but still, as ability-wise, was absolutely fantastic when he used to join in training with the first team. But Norman just bite your legs. Norman Hunter was exactly the same. He used to join in training. Technically, very very gifted, really gifted player, but. If you you got on the wrong side of him, he actually there was a lad called Daryl Pugh, who was a, uh, a right winger, uh, and and Norman trained on a Friday morning with the first team, and, and actually Norman snapped him in two, on, uh, in, in in the training session, and actually Daryl was coming place in training, wasn't it? You know the older pro, Dennis Smith yeah. was the same. He, he could absolutely didn't matter. It was Tuesday, Friday, day yeah. before a game. Played exactly how they trained, didn't they? Exactly. And like I said, Daryl missed three or four weeks of the season because of a tackle by uh, by the manager. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Norman just walked off and he was so mad with himself. He was shouting at himself, Norman, Norman. So obviously he knew he couldn't change what he was. And that was obviously he was a top player, but also he was a very, very aggressive player. And that's, like I said, a red... It, the, the red eye came round and uh, he, he, he snapped Daryl in two. Like I say, cost him a player for the weekend... And a few right. weeks after. Why? Wow. Well, yeah, obviously one of the stars of the 70s for Bristol City, Norman Hunter. Um, but yeah, well, that's uh, again, another great story there. We'll, we'll come to your time at Bristol City now. So uh, you were signed by Jimmy Lumsden for £200,000 in December 1990 from Rotherham. Your mm. debut was on the 8th of December in 1990, Sheffield Wednesday at home. So uh, your your first game for City was against a, a Sheffield side. How was that for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it came around, like I say, it came around really quickly. And uh, like I say, around the... It was funny because I'd, I'd, I'd had a great time at Rotherham. And, and like I say, it was a fantastic club to start off at. Uh, I got in the first team when I was, like I say, 16. And and then then, then I had a really bad injury. I, I had like a pelvic problem. Uh, so I, I was out 12 months. But the, in all fairness to Rotherham, they stood by me and, and really supported me. Uh, and then my contract was up. So I was on about 18, 19, my contract was up, and I nearly actually signed for Notts County. It was right. uh, obviously Andy will know Neil Warnock uh, got the job at Notts County, and you could just sense that he was going to do well there and do well as a manager. He was a real character, and obviously people have seen how well he's done throughout his career. And I actually shook hands. It was I'll never forget it. I, I, I agreed on a contract, which was a far bigger contract than what I was getting offered at Rotherham. Uh, and I was in his office and uh, I shook hands on the contract. And as I said, well, I need to go home and speak to my mum and dad before I, I actually signed. And I'll never forget his words. He said, well, I, you're a Sheffield boy like me. So I, I know if I shake hands, that's, that's sort of binding. The, the, the contract will get signed. And I got, <laughs> I got home and my mum and dad were virtually crying, saying, oh, Rotherham stood by you and this and that. And I was sort of swayed a bit, you know what I mean? Thinking, should I should I stay one more year at Rotherham? 
and uh, it was a really tough decision. So I, I eventually rang Neil up and just said, look, I've decided on less money, by the way. It wasn't about money. It was about potentially getting more games. And I stayed at Rotherham. And realistically, if I'm, if I'm honest, it, it was a, probably a really poor decision by myself because I'd, I'd have loved to have played under Neil Warnock. Uh, Notts County actually got promoted that year. Uh, and obviously, Neil's career is well known uh, to stick with players who we, who we can trust. And I think I was a young boy coming through the coming through the system. And I think if I if I'd had gone to Notts County, I think my career path would have been completely different. And I possibly had a lot lot more clubs than what I did. Uh, possibly moving to every club that Neil was manager. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you may you may never have, have graced the turf at Ashton Gate if that well, if that had happened. Works. Yeah, like I said, and like I said, I went to Rotherham and. That season, obviously, I'm doing really well. And then, obviously, the move to Bristol came. And it was at a time when Rotherham, in all fairness, they were really struggling as a club. Uh, they were going into liquidation. They were, they were selling things in the ground. I can remember they were stripping chairs out the uh, chairman's suite. Everything was going from bad to worse. And, obviously, then the offer came in for myself, which was 200000 And many a scout and coach I've spoke to since, he, he said that 200000 actually saved the club. At right. the time, uh, and it was, a, a, lot it was a lot of money. It was a yeah. lot of money for the club for yeah. a young boy who come come into the club and got not really cost him a lot. Uh, but for me, Bristol City was a a massive club, and and like I said, it it, it was a big city, obviously a two two club city. And uh, going down to Ashton Gate uh, and seeing the seeing the stadium and, and meeting Jimmy, uh, you made you realise how how big a city it was and also how big a club it was. Uh, and it was the right time for me. I was ready for that challenge. I was sort of 20. I was ready for that challenge. Uh, and I was really obviously looking forward to stepping up to the next level, which was a championship. And is it true that you got snowed in on yeah. your debut and had to stay with stay with Des Williams? That's right. It's, well, <laughs> me, so my mum and dad was set off from Bristol. I'd gone down two or three days before. And I, was, I actually stayed a night with Buster Footman and his and his and his wife, <laughs> uh, which was an unbelievable night, as you can imagine, with the uh, Mad Marine. But what a what a fantastic couple! They looked after me. It was obviously in this in in in, in December, and we were playing uh, Chef Wednesday on the Saturday. They got Trevor Francis. Obviously, uh, Ron Atkinson was the manager, so I made my debut against Trevor Francis, and and as a young boy then uh, was a massive massive ask. For me, uh, but luckily I played very well, and obviously we got. A, I think it was a one-one draw on the night, and snow started to come down during the game, uh, so it was a very, very cold, uh, cold day and cold, cold night. But mum and dad had set off, and the car broke down, so they ended up they ended up buying the car off someone uh, someone else they knew. It was a three-litre Capri white one. And I've never seen how like it when it turned up at the ground, the, the noise and everything in the car park. But once the game started and finished, there was no way we were going to get home. I was I was allowed to go home for the weekend because I'd been rushing about everywhere, not really brought any clothes down or anything for the for me stay down there over Christmas. But we couldn't get home, uh, and we had nowhere to stay. And like I said, Des Des Williams saw the predicament we were in, and we ended up staying at his house with his wife. And it was amazing gesture, really. And like I said, my mum and dad have never known anything like it, and it just showed. Showed me straight away what a nice club and what obviously nice people in Bristol were, and obviously to look after myself and me and my parents. 
Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant story. Right, Andy, to you coming to, to Bristol City, initially on loan from uh, from Sheffield United when Keith Woff was injured. Yeah, you couldn't have had a much better start with a superb performance. I think it was Oxford uh, in the in the Littlewoods Cup. And then out of the seven or eight games you played that season for us, I think we won seven. Oh, I didn't know that record. Uh, yeah, you, did, I, you, I, mentioned, I, you mentioned to me, no. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure we get that in. What happened was, I'd been uh, I'd been playing at Sheffield United, and and I'd um, in fact one of your old managers, I think Billy McEwen. Did you play the Billy McEwen? Yeah, right? Billy. Yeah, Billy was at. Well, Billy uh, signed me at Sheffield yeah. United from from uh, from York, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd got injured. I'd hurt my knee. I'd been playing at Leeds, and you know when you come out the tunnel. It's like a little slope. There was no mat or anything on it. I slipped and I banged right at my kneecap. And I've done me sort of crucia. Ended up playing the game, came off, and Dave Bassett had just taken over as manager. I'd played the first three or four games, and it had gone really well. But that curtailed my Sheffield United career basically because I was out for the rest of that season, really. And then uh, I think the following it was the following year um, I got called to play in the Littlewoods Cup at Oxford, and uh, I remember shooting up on the train and. Uh, the old scout was a fellow called Jock Ray. He picked me up from the station, mm. and uh, I was stuck in digs just two doors away from uh, Ashton Gate, which I think was a, a place where a lot of the lads stayed. I was looking out the window straight onto the ground. There was no thrills in them days. It was no five star <laughs> treatment or anything like that. <laughs> um, was, that and, uh, the, uh, was that next to the pie shop there? <laughs> <under all> down <laughs> as, near Billy Wedlock. Well, yeah, Billy Wedlock. And this and, is before uh, the Atio stand was built as well. The old East yeah, End was there, wasn't it? Right, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was in digs with an old boy called Bob, and it, I went in the digs, and, I, and he said, oh, he gave me some food. He said, uh, I'll take you out for a drink. I said, well, we can't be drinking. We've got a game tomorrow night. He says, well, you can come out for an hour. And he took me to this pub somewhere up in Bristol, and I just had, I said, he said, what do you drink? And I said, oh, just this half a lager, something that'll do for me. And he, he had this cider poured out from one of the barrels behind the bar. My God. It was absolutely, it didn't even clear. And I said to Bob, I said, will that actually go, you know, nice and clear? We know that's how it is. So we had that and shot off home. Um, so, uh, and then we travelled to Oxford this, the next day, which was a, a great, great uh, win for the club. Yeah, And 4-2. it was the start of the famous cup run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 4-2. Um, and then uh, after, so I think it was after the Northampton away game, 22nd of October, um, yeah. 1988, <laughs> that you actually broke your finger and were out for 10 weeks. So you've had a few injuries in your yeah. time. Well, I, I haven't, but probably Scotty will be the same as me. I had about three injuries crammed into about a year and a half. And right. I was free from injury most of the time after that. We'd um, we'd done some shooting on the on the on the just before we left to play Huddersfield Town. And I'd caught my finger and I, you know, you're shaking. I thought oh, that's not great. Anyway, we travelled down the motorway to Huddersfield. And as we're travelling to Huddersfield, the coach shamped, pulled all on quickly. And I caught it again under the table. We we're playing cards or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, overnight, injured playing cards, belt bent double. Anyway, Buster, I mean, Buster came in his wallet. That's what it was. (laughs) Buster came and he said, and I'll never forget this. He he said, Oh, just ice it all night. And then the next morning, he's come to have a look at it. Bless him. He handed me this, you know, like a a paracetamol canister. He carved all the edges out of that. And he said, Stick it on there, mate. And, 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 you know, strap your fingers together. So I'm playing at Huddersfield, the old ground with his broken, displaced fracture, as it turned out to be. I played that game. Got a clean sheet. Nil, got a clean sheet. 
And I was panicking. I thought, if anything comes to my left hand, I said, you know, it'll knock me under. Anyway, we won that. No x-rays, no MRIs in those, those days. I played the following week at Northampton. And I said to the bus driver again, I said, I can't stand it anymore. And it was a displaced fracture. <laughs> Completely snapped. And uh, anyway, Woffy got back in after that. And uh, I had to, to play a second fiddle. Obviously, I was devastated because the reason I'd come to Ashton Gate was to play football. And it had gone really well, but... Yeah. It was uh, it was a shame, really. But anyway, we we, we made up for it. Well, yeah, you come. signed signed towards the end of that season for twelve thousand mm-hmm. pounds, made your second debut against mm-hmm. Sheffield United, and for a bonus point, guess who was mascot that day? Not you. It was me. I've got the program <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> I got that. Bit. Yeah. Well, so what, I can't believe it happened? when I when I was doing a bit of research and thought, I'm sure that was yeah, the game well, I was mascot. Brilliant. And uh, lo and behold, what happened? Yeah, I'd gone. I'd obviously gone to Sheffield United. David Bassett was manager. Joe, I'd signed really for Joe and Jimmy, and you know, a bit like Scotty. I liked everything they were saying. Is that play. when Joe went to Joe went to Arts after he, that? He went to Arts the following season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I ended up playing. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we. The funny thing about that game is we actually we won it two 0 And if you remember. There was a big pitch invasion just just before the end. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's often often a pitch invasion at the end of uh, the season. Actually, (laughs) you laugh at this. Prior to the end of the season, it was the last game of the season, and they dished all this pool money out. You know, we all got about two hundred and fifty quid for for holiday to uh, Marbella (laughs) because because of the cup run and everything. Right. And I thought, well, I'm not going to leave this in my suit top pocket. I'll stick it in my glove back and the goal. I thought I'd be safe in there. It's not going to be a problem. Four minutes before end of the game, there was the pitch invasion, wasn't there? And we all made our way to the to sort of the centre circle. And the Bristol lad said, to you, in that lovely West Country accent, he said, you'll be all right, son, we'll look after you. <laughs> and then some of the Blades fans were in the middle of the pitch. And he said, I'll be all right, son, ex-Blade. <laughs> and so I was safe on that pitch. Anyway, as I headed back towards the goal, I'm looking in the back of the net. I couldn't see my glove bag. Oh, I was no. devastated. Anyway, the ref said, he said, look, I'm gonna, they're going to play another minute or so here and I'm going to blow the whistle and just run for your lives. And we did. Anyway, I got to the tunnel, this steward, he says, yeah, Andy, I've put your glove back up. Oh. So it was all safe and sound. Oh. I hope you gave him but, a tenner or a fiver. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so A generous <laughs> man that I am, you know. You would have yeah, been absolutely devastated, wouldn't you? Uh, oh, wouldn't you just? That was me spending money from uh, Malaga. You'd have, been chasing, every, you'd have been chasing every supporter <laughs> out of that ground. 250 quid. Yeah. So what? that was the last game of that season. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was the last game of that one. Yeah. And I think you came the following season, which we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, absolutely. Um, right. I'm just going to play a video. I'm going to do Andy leaning first. I've got some highlights just to jog some memories. I'm here is um, Andy Leaning. And then this is a little paper clipping from uh, the Evening Post about you, um, you the Sheffield United player set for his surprise debut tomorrow night. So obviously it was was like a, an emergency loan by the looks of it. It was, yeah. That was exactly what I'm, I, you know, I only found out on the on the Monday and I think we were playing it the Tuesday straight away the next night. So it was I was straight on the train and that the was it. Now, just, Swansea's main ploy you know, was that long throw and, that and Paul Rayner did bundle the ball into the city net. This is your debut. The referee Lester Shapter was having none of it, and only as far as the alert Galliers, who changes the direction, Walsh has read it, and that trusty left foot does the rest for City. That's one nil. 
kick on the left, in swinging with that left foot. Young Nigel That's Hawkins flicks it on. Swansea get it off the line, but Ralph Milne nods it home. That's two now. Ralph Milne. Steve Galliott, so, yeah. Alan yeah. Walsh and Ralph Milne, the goal scorers there. Alan Walsh is an FPA ambassador. He's at every home game now with a fantastic initiative that is the FPA. And uh, what a player. Alan Walsh was my, you know, my first favourite City player, if you like. Yeah, it was fabulous. Uh, it was it was funny. His, his left footer and he was quite tall for a winger. Uh, and I, I I was down playing golf with Keith Welsh a few months ago when I bumped into uh, Alan Welsh's son on the golf course. Mm. Uh, so it was uh, nice to have a chat. And his, his dad's well. And he mentioned that he's still goes <coughs> to the City Games as a bit of an ambassador. And like I yeah. said, was a top top player, really good player. Yeah, I mean, what a player, Andy? Was... What great to have him as an outlet on the left hand side. Top player. I mean, he, he 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 had that little step over, and everybody knew he had a step over, but nobody could stop it. He'd do <laughs> the little step over, get across him, and then yeah. on the far side, he'd always be on the back post for a tapping as the ball come across, like any good wide man. And mm. he took penalties as well. And he'd end up usually with about ten, between twelve, ten to fourteen goals a season from playing out yeah, wide yeah. left. So. Yeah, it was, was, yeah, was, was a great lad as well. He was a great lad. Mm. Yeah, nice lad. Nice 99 lad. goals for Bristol City, Alan Walsh. Uh, and then you mentioned Ralph Milne there at the end. I, I I vaguely remember Ralph Milne playing for us before he went off and joined Man United. Well, well the story behind that, and if you ever get John, he'll probably verify it. But the one I heard, Ralph had had a really good time at Bristol City. And there was a lot of clubs looking. And I think... He was going to Aberdeen, as he or as he thought, if, if I've got the clubs right. And I think Joe got him in and said, there's a, there's a club in for you. And he thought it was that. And he said, no, it's Manchester United. And right. uh, he went to that straight after, didn't he? Yeah. I can't believe he chose Man United rather than Aberdeen. I know. I know. <laughs> what, what was the attraction there? I don't know. People from Sheffield United. A nice catch from him. Again, that's a lovely ball through for Bodak. But leaning now, leans back, shall we say, using all of his height. And rescue City again. Hey, you are, you quite nimble, weren't you? Leaning, yeah, leans hey, back. You know. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> First time, were among the pundits' favourites for promotion and provided plenty of problems, this Atkins drive being Very turned safe. aside by Andy Leaning. Former City defender David Moyes almost marked his return to Ashton Gate with a goal, this header forcing Andy Leaning to pull off a good save. Knott's attack, Leaning was called into action, but was equal to the task. John Bailey's another one to talk about, isn't he? Shepherd oh, in the ball God. there. What a... Yeah, it's I, funny because uh, <laughs> when obviously when uh, John Bailey obviously left, he was a left fullback when I when I signed. And and to be honest with you, as soon as I walked through the door, he was he was obviously coming to the end of his career. Uh, but what a what a what a what a great lad! And and he was so helpful for me as a as a young player and some of the things he used to. Uh, Talk to me about what to do with obviously faster wingers or tricky wingers and stuff. And he was he was a fabulous footballer. Uh, what a character! What an absolute uh, obviously Liverpoolian, big Everton mm. uh, connections. But uh, it was a real character, wasn't he, Andy? In and around. Oh, the well, he was. And and, and as I say, you come Saturday afternoon, just slipped back into professional football more than he could. You know, he was he was he yeah. was different class back there. And he brought yeah. his medals in one day, his, you know, his league championship and his FA Cup. Yeah. And his, uh, it was a cup winner's cup he won with Everton. And, you know, it wasn't bragging in any way. It was just, it was just a nice thing to see. But it was, it was a great addition to the dressing room, you know. And then uh, he didn't leave him then, in a boot. Uh, didn't, he didn't leave him in a boot bag in the back of the goal, did he? 
<laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and then, to be yeah. fair, then uh, then our friend Mr. Scott came, and uh, to be fair to him, you know, it was just what we were looking for. He uh, fitted into the dressing room well. I mean, good going forward, good defender. Banter not so great, but we worked on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it was just a breath of fresh air when he came to the club. And in all fairness, Andy, it was it's funny because I walked in, I walked in the dressing room and. Obviously, I virtually recognised most of the players because mm. obviously I'd, I'd seen them on TV or whatever, and, and there was a lot of experience in that dressing room. It really was mm. uh, right, right from yourself, right through the team. Obviously, Hazelwood and, and Andy May and Gary Shelton and Rob Newman was there. Was he was Rob still there? Yeah, Big Rob was there. Big Rob before he's moved yeah. to moved to Andy Norwich. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy Llewellyn. Uh, obviously, Big Gabs. Big, yeah, Mark Gavin. Uh, big obviously Wayne Allison. So it was like, right through the right through the team. It was a really really good team, good experienced team. And I was sort of when I came in at twenty, sort of I was sort of in the middle really because there was a lot of young players like your Mickey Mellons who was sort of coming through the ranks. Uh, and there was a lot of, obviously more the more sort of senior players. But uh, I, I was first, sort of, Scott, you came in, you came in and and and, and bossed it straight away. You weren't daunted by it. No, um, it, it was a massive and, and, step, like I said, Andy, it was a real know. big step for me. Like I said, coming from Rotherham yeah. and, and, and going into that environment with a dressing room. And then... and then There's some big characters, of, wasn't there? There was some real oh, big characters. Oh, it was a big, some big characters. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I was really focused on, on, on the football, but I got put in the digs with Mickey Mellon and, and, and two or three other Scottish uh, I remember all players. those ones, yeah. And, oh, my God, what, right. a, what an experience that was. So I was sort of the senior player in that sort of <laughs> bed sit. And uh, they were all around about 16, 17, and I had to sort of uh, look after them. I'll, I'll never forget one night, uh, come out for a drink with us one night. I think it was a Wednesday night. So it was Mickey Mellon and a few of us. And I, I did the old uh, going in a taxi with them as we were coming on, on the way back. And they all had a few drinks and one was in the front and there was three of us in the back, but I was in the middle. So as it pulls onto the, uh, the down a, a side street in Bedminster, that's, that's where the digs were. Uh, the taxi was just pulling up. I can't remember who was in the front. Anyway, that door was flung open. The two side doors were flung open, and all three of them jumped out and did a runner from paying the taxi. <laughs> but I obviously couldn't move fast enough because I was in the middle. So as they all dove out and and sort of did like commando rolls on the on, on the tarmac. The taxi man just sped off, and I was sat in the back. All the doors had closed, closed too. The taxi man was effing and blinding. I had no idea that these lads were going to do a runner. He was on the, he was on the radio to his mates. We've got runners, meters at meters at the rank. So I'm thinking I'm going to get seven shades kicked out of me here. Oh, and uh, he was effing and blinding at me. I'm trying to smooth him over with some change. It would have been changed on you. Exactly. <laughs> L- luckily, on the way back to town, uh, a police car was in uh, in a lay-by. So he pulled the taxi behind the police car and jumped out. I was still locked in the back. And uh, he told them that his, his mates or my mates had done a runner. So the police said, oh, he, tell- he said that you'd done a runner. I said, well, I ain't done a runner. I'm still in the taxi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pay the man. Exactly. So he says... Uh, have you got some money? I says, I have, yeah, I'll, say, I'll pay him. I think it's only about seven pounds or something. So I, so I, I did a deal and paid a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> For the inconvenience. 
Exactly. So anyway, so I paid the taxi driver. So I'm walking back and I'm thinking, wait until I get back to these three. I mean, three young Scottish players, Mickey Mellon in, in there. So I get back, knocks on the door, he, he let me in. And all three of them, I've never seen out like it, the trousers, the shirts were ripped to shred, the, the smithereens. They had cuts, grazes all down the legs. The shoes were just ripped to, ripped to pieces. So I actually got off quite well. We are five, and you know what I mean? I'm threatened by the taxi driver. And <laughs> these three, I think, missed, missed two or three weeks training because of the damage that they caused themselves. Oh, but God. my God, what, a, what, what an experience. Fantastic. Right, let's motor through and see what else we can come up with. County showing more purpose in the second half, forced leaning to save well from Yates' powerful header. Lovely save. You've done well to find some of these pictures, by the way. Andy, he's going to say that. There's a couple of players on on here. Um, obviously, we mentioned John Bailey. One I'm looking at right now is uh, Glyn Humphreys. Is someone who was fascinated. Oh, um, uh, Psycho Bob Taylor. Psycho, as he's named. Is that Dave Rennie? Is it? That's no. Dave Rennie, Andy Llewellyn yeah. at the back post. I'm Jason not Neaton. sure who that is. That's Jason that... Neaton, the one in the front. That would be uh, Bill's just going to post there. Humphreys, the yeah. What a what a what a what a tough, a tough player. What a tough player he was. Yeah. Who are we talking about now, Glenn? Glenn, yeah. Glenn yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he's, he's stood out for me. When you talk about tough tackling defenders, you, mm. you've had the likes of Sean Taylor over the years, and but Glenn, yeah. Glenn Humphreys is the, the first yes. one that I set my eyes on. He was, he was a proper old front centre-half. You know, yeah, I think he played with Rob Newman. Rob would sort of win the attack, and he'd just sweep behind, but if the tackle needed to make dumps, he didn't. Yeah. I mean, he's from Hull. So, yeah. I mean, he didn't, you know, he never pulled out of anything. But, but no, every, he was a good every, lad. Every yeah. time I've spoken to someone about him, like Mickey Mellon and a few other players from that around that time, they said off the field, he was just, you know, just yeah, a... Yeah, steady away. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't associate him with, this, with the player. Mm. But the Andy, obviously, Andy Llewellyn, he was a tough, tough player, you know. He tough Louis was, yeah. He, he, the fans, he obviously, the fans yeah. loved him because obviously he was very, he, he used to get stuck in and he was... Very tenacious and you know I mean obviously a local lad. Uh so he he, he was a really good player for Bristol. Well yeah, and, and Andy Llewellyn, you know, he's he's made uh, 381 appearances for Bristol City in total. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, fabulous. So, yeah, absolute. Oh, I remember this game. West Brom. The pitch was rock hard. Do you remember it, Scotty? Oh Great. my double. Can you remember, well. remember the orange, orange balls? Do you remember them orange That's footballs, it. Andy? They were like a size four, weren't they? You know. And and they were know. like they had this like sort of rubber material on them, and it yeah. sort of just seemed to skip across the uh, yeah, across yeah. the turf. Having gone through, um, you know, a lot of a lot of that couple of seasons, um, I've noticed you giving it, dishing out a lot of aggression towards your defenders. Is that your style? Well, you have to be with people like Scott in front. You're not doing the job, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, you had to have the, you had to have the loaded Peter Shilton's finger. You know, I was taught that from an early age as a goalkeeper. Yeah, just keep pointing and think it's somebody else's fault. Did you ever? Exactly. Did you ever? Did you ever give it both barrels to to Psycho Humphreys? Too consistent. It's just the ones who come do it week in week out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. There he is. Look at him. Encouraging the way. Oh, here we go. So this is. Oh, here we go. This is the 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 promotion season. Um, right. This is against Walsall. Uh, and this is us going up, um, up to to the championship as it is it is now. But yeah. uh, another pitch invasion uh, yeah. for you, Andy. Yeah, it was a big day. Yeah, it was a big day. 
I mean, it's just great. I mean, look at the fans, you know, to go up to the championship and can you, you see, know, some of the teams that Andy, you're going to play. Can you see Andy there chasing that supporter with his glove back? <laughs> yeah, no, this is the this is the following season. Right now, this this game, when 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 people are asked for their their favourite city moment, we actually did top five city moments um, during the summer, and uh, Louis Donawa's goal comes oh, out yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. on on top uh, not on top but in in the conversation uh so mm. this is the 5th of march 1991 but not only is it louis donova's goal it's actually a save from mr leanin as well let's have a look here's dropped one short if i remember mark cable because you're thinking oh i've let everybody down in the bristol derby here not strong enough to beat andy leanin's excellent anticipation so the I think we scored straight after goal. that. I think Two the ball went up the other end and Louis scored. And right. Matty Bryant. Matty, Matty Bryant. Yeah. Flick on from the Chief. Louis Donova saved. What a time to score it. Get in. What an occasion uh, to do uh, it. Tell you what, you know what? The match, because the great games. Oh. And the thing is, I'd, I'd worked previous to, being a, to going into football. So I knew what it was like to go in on a Monday morning if you'd lost a yeah. derby or a big game. I remember that there was there was only a few minutes to go, if I remember rightly. And you're just thinking, ref, just blow the whistle. Yeah, Please yeah. blow that whistle. And, yeah. and uh, at, that, at, that time, at that time, Andy, when I when I first came and people were saying to me, Oh, wait until wait until the local derby. And I'm like, what you, what what they're on about? Do you know what I mean? I've obviously been I've, I've seen the Sheffield derbies and stuff, but this is this is on a different level. Uh, it was nerve wracking, wasn't it? Up to the it week, was, up it to was nerve wracking because but the, you didn't want to it was let the hatred. Down. It was the hatred yeah. between between both sets of players that I recognised. Andy, when I first came down, mm. so obviously Rovers players, Ian, Ian Alexander, who I knew from Rotherham, uh, Ian Holloway, uh, like I say, the uh, F Twentyman. Yeah. There was a real sort of oh, probably hatred's the wrong word, but a real sort of we, we, we're desperate to beat you because we know how much it means to the. To the fans. To be fair, the Bristol lads like your Louis and Rob Newman and people yeah. like that, they let you know what was at stake. So yeah. even though you know you you knew what was coming, but it, you, they went into a different mode themselves, didn't they? even our lads. They knew what how important it was to win win that oh, game. It was massive. It massive didn't really matter how you won it as long as you won it. Yeah, yeah, that was, was the that was the eighty eighth minute. Uh, Twenty two thousand yeah. in attendance, the highest that season, yeah. and that was the first league win against the Gas for five years. So that's how yeah. it meant so much. Yeah, and we knew yeah. it as well. We knew it had been a long time. Mm. Um, and, of course, you get into the nil-nil late in the game and you think, oh, then a penalty. And then you get the winner as well because you're thinking at nil-nil, at least mm. we've got a point. But then to get the winner. Yeah. So I was just going to say, my dad went, and I know your dad used to go all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can st- I can hear my dad's voice when, when that goal <laughs> went in. Even in 22 and a half hours, you can still pick your dad out, can't you? you right. can, He'd yeah. come down yeah. on the train from uh, from York. He was an That's ex-railman. Right, yeah. So he used yeah. to come and listen but. You know, your dad, your dad used to come uh, up, didn't he, as well? And you know, my dad, just... like I said, my dad, my dad used to go to every game, never missed a game, yeah. and it was his life, Andy. I mean, probably the same as your yeah. dad. He, he's, he's, he followed me all over the country, and uh, he, he, and he never changed from when I was a Rotherham, Bristol City, and, and obviously Sunderland. So he, he used to plan his week, and he used to sometimes yeah. he used to he used to, to save money. This is how bad it was. He used to hitchhike sometimes to go down, and 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 he used to jump up more to it. Get his thumb out and try and get a get, try and get a lift down to Bristol, <laughs> and nine times out of ten he did, and then he, he used to obviously jump in the car with myself to come home to save himself yeah, some petrol money. You know what I mean? It was amazing how what yeah. he used to do to get to the games. Uh, but like I said, it, these sort of atmospheres. Obviously, I was used to playing at Rotherham, which was two or three thousand, and 
5,000 maximum, but when you come into Ashton Gate, when there's 20 odd thousand, and that was, it was under lights as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it, you yeah. know, it's always that yeah. bit more atmosphere with a you know, that game, of course, afterwards, because we, we enjoyed it to the full, didn't we? So, yeah, of course, so it is, yeah. The, the, the starting lineup that day, let's let's see, let's see how, if you guys can remember. So, well, I'd, uh, I'd go Andy Lou. Well, Andy, right, right. we'll start. We'll start off in goal. Andy Lean in. Yeah, Andy Lou. <laughs> yeah, Matty, um, Matty Bryan. Yep. Mark. Mark Hazelwood. Yep. You, Scotty. Myself. Yep. Louis Donover. Yep. Big Wayne. Uh, on Allison. the bench, he I came Nicky on. Wall. I bet Nicky Morgan played in that. You know. Yep. Nicky One Morgan. of my old buddies, Nicky Morgan. Gary Shelton somewhere. Gary Shelton. Shelton. Yep. Uh, the midfielder in there. Andy May. Andy May. Was it Andy? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right wing, left wing. Gavin? No. Did Gavs play? Looks like it's a 4 3 3. Smith. Oh, right. Dave Smith? No. No. So we got Andy Lillian, Andy Llewellyn, Martin Scott, Andy May, Matt Bryant, Mark Hayeswood, Gary Shelton, Rob Newman, Bob Taylor, Nicky Morgan, and oh, Louis Donovan. Yeah, of course, Bob, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bob Newman. And then Rennie yeah. and Allison on the bench both came on. Um, so yeah, fantastic game. Was the only two was the only two subs then? Yep. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was, oh there was like today, but it's like fifteen on bench. Get nine on we yeah. get nine now. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. unbelievable, isn't it? So yeah, the 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 the, the local derbies, as you say, I mean uh, massive for us. And have, have and you got their team there? I haven't, I'm afraid. No, but you mentioned yeah. you mentioned most of the uh, protagonists, yeah. I think. Yeah, Brian uh, was in goal, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. David Mayer, you would have played. Yeah, uh, David Mayer. Yeah. People like yeah. that. Big Devon White up front, he was an ample. Was Devin. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't actually played Rovers now for ten years, believe mm. it or not. Which That's is amazing. Which is yeah. crazy. It's same as it's same as obviously Newcastle Sunderland now. They obviously not been in the same divisions for for years now, and and the fans. It, it used to mean so much. For the fans meeting, obviously, or playing against Newcastle and Sunderland and the rivalry, uh, and it was it's ruthless, very very similar to the Bristol obviously derby. Uh, I know Sheffield derby's big as well, Andy, isn't it? But oh I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I just think the Newcastle Sunderland and and certainly the Bristol, the Bristol derbies, there's something special about them. Obviously, I've never played in the. Glasgow Celtic or Glasgow Rangers or an Everton and Liverpool derbies or Manchester derbies, but um, I mean it was even the other thing was going to Twerton Park, which exactly. was yeah. you know, I think did you get a penalty there once? Did we? I'm a Sounds Andy, I scored three penalties in a game, but only one counted because I did. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you times. did. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that was a tough ground because there was obviously City fans at the back of our goal, but. You know, it, it was just the atmosphere within. The, I mean, you could feel you could you talked about the hatred, you could feel the hatred towards yeah. the, mm. as I say, hatred. I mean, to the city players under the mm. circumstances, it's a local derby and everything goes with everything was at stake. When, when you ask, the, um, when you ask city fans now about us not having played them in 10 years, it's, it's a real 50 50 split between who misses it and who doesn't, right? Um, right, the people that miss it, uh, like myself, for example, I just love the, the atmosphere and everything, the others. <laughs> Just like the fact they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand that a little bit. But you're never going to be yeah. under that pressure of ending going to work on a Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. the closest like we get now is is Cardiff. We got Cardiff away on Saturday, so I mean yeah. that's uh, that's our I local said Bristol, derby. Uh, 
Bristol City really have been in the I division than what Rovers have over them years. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's very similar to Newcastle have been sort of the, in the Premiership more than what Sunderland have over the recent years. So they've been Division 1 and obviously now the Championship. So I think Bristol City fans are are the happier of the two groups of fans at the moment. Obviously, I mean, it's a lovely stadium, isn't it? Now it's a beautiful stadium. You Fabulous. know, playing in the championship yeah. and and right up there as well. It's sort of just just mm. outside yeah. the playoffs. So right. you never know, do you? Absolutely, no. yeah. Got got to got to uh, be striving to get to the Premier League very very soon. You mentioned that goal at Twerton Park there, Martin. That was actually your first Bristol City goal. Uh, 26th of January 1991, a, a 3-2 loss, but you were yes. twice, twice taken penalty. <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like I said, it was it was a horrible place to go to. It really was. It was uh, so intimidating. Like I so said, the fans were so were so close to the pitch as well. And, and like, well, so it's Bath City's uh, ground, wasn't it? That's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. So it was a... I was taking goal kicks and things like that. You got everything thrown at you. Verbal... <laughs> Physical and anything they could, you know. It, it, oh, it took some mentality to play there. Let me tell you. And you yes. like taking throws. You were close to wide <laughs> down that chicken run on left hand side. I was, yeah. yeah. I was down the chicken run at far side. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you, you know, I mean, nothing with. Oh, here we go. Uh, you know, uh, not changing. I've not seen him take a few like, but I mean, he's, he's only swapped sides. But uh, you know, it was just a guess, and uh, you know, I made a good save for me. Target. Andy Leaning produced a series of outstanding saves. Then substitute Smith. Andy Leaning gave another match-winning display, time and time again making vital saves from a tenacious Leicester side. In the second, and when the ball was swung back in, Rob Newman took advantage oh, and chest it hey, hey, down for Taylor, <laughs> who slotted home his fifth in seven games. Oh, oh yeah, goal seeking. <laughs> Tell Bob Taylor could, could score from it. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, Super Bob in in that that season where he scored. All those, all those goals. I think it was, was it thirty-four goals in the season. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely fabulous. And yeah. Bob was another one that I mean, you know, Andy Cole had, was a fan. You know what Andy did for the club and everything goes with it. But it shouldn't overshadow what Bob did as well because he was another one that if he if he got the ball in the box, he generally ended up in the back of the net. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, playing playing alongside big Robbie Turner, who was sort of the battering ram. You know, he found them little spaces, little pockets. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you look at those type of players, you know, you Andy Cole and you, you know, mm, they were just, and Bob and, and all that. I mean, and, and actually, if I'm honest, going into a coaching career later on, and I don't know if you found this, Scott, because you, you, you know, you were manager and coach and stuff like that. You sort of judge players by what you'd played with and what you had. And, and then yeah, yeah. when you look back, you think, you're sort of judging people by maybe the standards of a Rob Newman or, a, or an Andy Cole or a, Jackie Jackanowski or a Scheltz or a, or a Andy May, Smithy wide left. And you're thinking, mm. that's what those players in that position do. Mm. And uh, I think it's only when you look back that there was some there was some good players, very good players. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, like I say, when you actually look at and, and, and go over the names, you're like, my God, I didn't realise what, what, what a good team we were, realistically. Dave Smith, for instance, he was this electric person. Oh, unbelievable. Left foot. And the power you'd always get that crossing, wouldn't it? Well, he just yeah. knocked that ball, you knew, yeah. and then Nicky Moore going to be back post or, or yeah. Bob, or something, and you're just putting that one in, and That's you just right, knew yeah. ball was coming in, didn't you? Mm, yeah. yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah, he right. used to warm me up, Smithy, you know, <laughs> before the game because he had that rocket shot. And I used to like a couple of saves. Yeah. Well, once he hit the ball so hard, it went over the bar, 
And this old boy's just eating a meat pie and he splattered it right in. <laughs> Scalded him to death. We had to apologise. But there was no goalie coaches in those days. It was he, just, had some, you know, he, just, uh, he had some just power a few in that left foot. You know, oh, he had some just, unbelievable yeah. power in that left foot. We yeah. got so used to, as fans, we got so used to having wingers. Um, and in the last few years, maybe more than that, really, we we haven't really had wingers. Um, mm. But, you know, going back to when... The game's when, changed a little bit now. That, it, know, has, know it has. It has. It's more wing backs are, now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian Tinian came just after, I think, 91, 92, Brian Tinian came. And obviously, he wasn't an electric pace left winger, but he, he was a re- very, very good player. And... My relationship with, with Brian on the left-hand side was was great for both of us, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm not sure how many games Brian ended up playing for Bristol, but he's, well, he's still at the club, isn't he, really? And, he is. uh, yeah, very much so, you yeah. Know, appearances and... We, we've talked about... Uh, we, we've had Tinian and Bell was a was a Robins reunited that, that we did. Yeah. And we spoke about the relationship that he had with the fullbacks and he had the first one was you was martin yeah. scott um, yeah, it was it, it was a really intelligent obviously i knew him from newcastle he uh he was in the same team as uh as paul gascoigne of course and, and the, yeah and they, they, they had a really good sort of youth team uh northern intermediate team then under 19s it, it was, you know Andy, it was a real tough league that northern intermediate league oh it's great grounding uh, for yeah. any kid and, uh, and the old like, central league you know that type of that's the reserve right. leagues that used to play and Brian came yeah. through that uh, system. And when, <laughs> when, when we signed him, we clicked straight away, to be honest with you. He was, he was a very intelligent player. He used to obviously come inside. And the understanding that we had was was really good. And I, I must admit, I really enjoyed uh, that, that partnership with, with Tins on the left-hand side. Yeah, uh, so Tins made four, 547 appearances. And as you say, he's still, still there, technical director at Bristol yeah. City. And yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Tinian and Scott. Then it was, you know, Tinian and Bell, Tinian and Brennan, yeah. Tinian and Barnard, uh, yeah. Tinian and Murray. He, they, he just always seemed to have a telepathic relationship yeah. with, with uh, another yeah. player. Well, he was a good footballer. He was naturally a good footballer. And uh, like I said, he, he had that wand of a left foot. Yeah, we'll come on to yeah, a bit more of a... coaching again. How much information did you was given in those days? There wasn't a lot of information. You just you just knew, didn't you? Or, or the, what they were going to do and what they weren't going to do. Didn't yeah, you? I don't know if you found that. You just well, you, he was going to be there. He was going to be inside. He was going to be. I think managers. Top. I think managers back then, Andy and coaches, sort of trusted the players to to yeah. Or, yeah. or 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 expected us to 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 to, to know to about the players the team, that yeah. we're going to sort of play against. For instance, I. I they expected me to know what the winger was going to do or not, or what he can do, what he can't do. Uh, but like I said, it, the, the information the players get now and the detail that the, the, the managers go into is frightening. Uh, and it's gone to a different level, to be honest with you, which is fabulous. And I mean to see. Well, the analysis, uh, the analysis, obviously, they've got anal- analysts there to to dissect all the plays, all the games, etc. So, yeah, mm, you're right. It's, um, mm. it's definitely more, you know, technical now. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's moved on massively. That's for Burn to chase, but Martin showing his speed there. Oh, the pass back rule. That's something oh, I wanted to talk, talk to you about. Gonna bring, yeah, I was going to bring that up, actually, because <laughs> that, that was round about that time, weren't it? Oh, Scotty. That finished hell of a lot of us, to be fair. Um, I mean, you know, look at these clips. Probably I was more of a shot stopper, stuff like that. What year, was, what that... year was it, Andy? I reckon 1991. 
Okay. Yeah, something like that. Have a look. But what you, what you got to remember is on those pitches as well. It, actually, you could stop the ball with hand initially, then they stopped yeah. all that. But of course, the pitches aren't as good as they are today. And and to mm. be fair to Welshie, Welshie was different class at it. Um, and you know that's why he he, he progressed later on. Mm. Um, but it was it was a big change for keepers really because there was a good reason we we're in the net. Ninety two. Ninety two. Ninety two. Ninety three. Yeah, ninety two. I was going to say that because it, it's amazing, really. Because like I say, if you think about it. Obviously, the fullback ball over the top. I used to sprint, pass it back to the goalkeeper, and the crowd used to clap, mate, or clap you. And I'm thinking, there's no tweet really, but obviously now that's a good ball, and obviously it puts mm. puts the pressure on the fullback, puts the pressure on the keeper to deal with it. Obviously, I know keepers are, uh, do a lot more practice now, uh, but it was it was a real change, weren't it? Oh, it, was it was a massive, massive change. It was a massive change at the time. I can't believe some of the pressure these lads get under these days, Premier League. Well, all the way down now, what they're expected to do, as well yeah. as playing goal, you know. I mean, yeah. that's what we did, knock it up there. Spirits <laughs> man has let in only two goals in six matches since displacing the 200,000 pound. Yeah. Yes, it is. Saves still required, as Colin Pascoe reminded of his Welsh international shooting. Well, John Bernard played with him in the intermediate. And Dennis Smith was struck, manager that day. Leaning with a classic example of how to spread the body, preserved City's narrow win. It'll be a tough side. It'll be a, a big crowding on the day. And, Tell you what, you've got all the gear, right? Team to beat. Do you think you'll be able to lift yourself now Is that the, that the rigors of the league on Saturday? I'll tell you a little story about this. <laughs> my, my other mate at the club was Nicky Morgan. Yeah. And we had this little Wednesday club. And yeah. We played Tuesday evening. We used to go down the Hilton Hotel, have a steam, have a sauna, and that's where that was done. Say, and then yeah. we used to drift drift somewhere up Park Street called the Chateau, was it, or something like that? And oh, the Chateau. He introduced yeah. me to the delights of what was in a bottle, you know, even though... Yeah, White know. Ladies Road and all that area. Oh, God. So you know, that's, that's what happened there. We'd, we'd, we'd play, and we had a right run. We started winning every Tuesday night, so we kept doing it. <laughs> so uh, we'd go out of there and straight down Park Street for a couple of hours and meet some yeah. of the lads. You'd have been there as well. I can't believe you probably that. couldn't do it now. Yeah, I can't no. believe they didn't didn't let you get dressed, Andy, before they shoved a camera and a no, microphone. No, they have, no, no, they, they have got. It. Oh, that's that is he went, is dressed, right? That's, okay. his, best gear. that's his best gear. <laughs> that's his Moet jacket. <laughs> Jesus. So, so well, Andy, I mean, that's, go that's on, the mate. other thing that there's social within the club. I mean, you know, being with with us living in Bristol in that area, but all the lads moved down and. Mm. The social side of it was fantastic. Well, you know, Nicky, Gold, Nicky, uh, like Nicky Morgan was was first and foremost. He was a great lad, good footballer, intelligent footballer. Uh, his old up play was fantastic. Uh, but am I right in saying he had a he had a he had a nice flat apartment around that area? He did, uh, yeah. and he was sort of he was the sort of Del Boy of that White Ladies Road area, weren't he? <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant, weren't he? Everybody knew him. There was a pub called the Victoria as well, where every little pub... Yeah, that's still there. there. That's still there. there, Victoria. And of course, every walk of life was in that pub. It was only a small... And they started doing Sunday dinners. You could take your Sunday dinner on with some foil over it and then drop your plate off the next day. (laughs) (laughs) It just wouldn't happen today, would it? Do you know what? I think that on on what it is, I think that's the only pub, maybe one other, that's actually survived that long. So mm. yeah, it's definitely got the staying power. But this this mm. Andy is um is a twenty fifth of January nineteen ninety two, Leicester away. Um, so let's just remind oh, ourselves right. about uh, about that game. When he first came, Jackie, I was just like in in awe of his ability. <laughs> yeah, 
some of the stuff he did in in training and in games as well mm-hmm. to, have, to, to to have the now to to do it in games to flick it over defenders. Uh, but he when, needed that, you know, like you like you nick him over your gavs and your yeah. handy maze and your shot. You need because they knew what he was going to do, or added, you know they could they could play him in really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, and also when you when you had Andy Cole on top of obviously with 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 Jackie, some of the football was. Mm-hmm. Fabulous to see, it really was. Uh, do you remember you know, the pitch that day, by the way? Yeah, no, I know. It was horrendous. Do you remember we had the yeah. toss before the game? Because at the Filbert Street end, which is where Jackie just got it, it was absolutely rock hard. Now we're wearing mm. pimples. And yeah. Carl Muggleton was at the other end wearing studs and shorts. It was that bad. <laughs> and, uh, it, was, it was on match of the day. And, and yeah. what happened was that it wasn't the original game. There was a lot of bad weather and they transferred That's at right. the last minute. Yeah. And I was rooming with Russell Osman. I think I mentioned this on the Jackie one, but Russell knew uh, John Motson really well from his Ipswich days. And, and he said, oh, I'm just looking out of reception. He said, if John Motson rings, he's ringing up just to get a bit of a load down on, on some of our players. He'd only gone out of the room two minutes. Next minute, phone goes. And of course, you know the boys straight away. <laughs> and he was asking about, he was asking about um, Jackie and Junior. Yeah. Very yeah. weak down left hand side, particularly left back. I don't know that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, and he got his. He, we give him a little bit of a lowdown, but it was. Uh, I mean that that day as well. Your dad had been there. Uh, my dad was yeah. certainly there. He'd gone on the train, yeah. and uh, of course, your dad had been the same. To have watched the game with your lad playing in it, and then match of the day when you get home, it don't get any better, does it? And a win. Yeah, and a I win. think it, it's amazing looking back because I was thinking today about obviously chatting tonight on this podcast and. At the time, I don't think you realise or you don't enjoy it as much because you're that mm. focused on, on 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 your own performance, and you don't realise how big some of these games were. And and mm, yeah. you certainly didn't sort of go into a game thinking, "Oh, I really, uh, I'm going to enjoy tonight," because of obviously the pressure and everything else. You probably enjoyed it after the game once if the result or anything or your performance was good, but. At the time, you, you sort of never did, did you, Andy? You had to sort of just really focus The thing on is, it. you get older, you look back with more pleasure because you think, well, you know, because you realise it was an achievement. And mm. and again, I think then you look at the group of lads we had and uh, yeah. the, the way we sort of all stuck together and, mm. uh, you know, what we were aware of what we were doing representing Bristol City, particularly in, in a derby and everything like that. And then you look yeah. back and you think, as you rightly said, they, that was a big game at Fulbert Street in the fourth I know. Of the cup. And, I know, yeah. yeah. There'd been a, been a full house there that day, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, was that was that your favourite Bristol City memory that Leicester game? Would you say because there's three saves coming up here that um, yeah, fa- fantastic, fantastic saves to make and in such a big game. That one there, yeah, I remember that one later on. Yeah. But eventually Leicester did get one, and then they scored something similar. Mills, I remember Paul Kitson heads past leading. Paul Kitson, yeah, too late, and City yeah, were through. Paul on. Kitson, yeah. yeah. Dave Kelly, I think, played in that game as well. But that's got to be um, up there with with your with your your best city memory that game. I'd have thought. Oh well, the, if I had to pick and two the Rovers from the time, of, yeah, Rovers game and because um, what was at stake and uh, the, the the Leicester City game because as I say, I had family there like Scotty did, and it was he'd come to the game. He'd my dad would come into the pitch before the game. We'd had a little look round. Watch the game, gone home, watch match of the day. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, really. So mm-hmm. I'm sure your dad, Fred, would have been the same. You know, he'd have been, he'd exactly, have been yeah. you know, watching that. But them two, I don't know what your dad's got, but them two would be, yeah, I can't. Um, those would be, I'd, I'd be, I'd press to pull them, choose one or the other, really. 
Mm. Right. Let's have a look at uh, the Martin Scott compilation now. Uh, a lot of penalties flying around. Is this? Uh, uh, oh, oh, it's load. It's, it's over over three hours long. This. This is absolutely <laughs> over three hours long. Um, so dream Martin, world again, isn't it? Uh, Martin, uh, <laughs> Mike, we spoke about your first goal, but 199 appearances for City, 16 goals. Hopefully, mm. we'll, we'll capture some of them here. Let's have a look. I, I scored so many more like against Andy, Andy in Martin Scott hit it from 25 <laughs> yards. Oh, look at that. First free kick. Jumping. Yeah. No lucky deflection about the second, though. A headed on corner, a boot in the right place, and Matt Bryant was on oh. the score sheet, too. A little Matt Bryant goal in there for you as well. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a nice good lad, Matty. Oh, God. He's a funny character. Yeah. But goal scorer Scott was also the architect of Brighton's late consolation two there we minutes go. from time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, now we're more like it. This is where I used to see regular this, you know. I kept, I kept that one in there just for, for Andy's sake. Yeah, the did, second yeah. half, when substitute Bob Taylor was held down and City had okay. a penalty. Here come the penalties. Yeah. Martin Scott stepped up to just, score confidently. We stopped there with a penalty. Because uh, obviously I, I'd come from, I'd come from Rotherham, and I think I'm right in saying there's been so many penalties missed at Bristol before I arrived. And uh, who would have been taking them? I'm trying to think it was what it was. It had sort of been passed around the team. I think about seven or eight penalties and missed on top. There was a a real lot of penalties. And uh, obviously, I'd been taking them at Rotherham, and obviously, I got the opportunity and I took them. And luckily, I I, I was scoring. Uh, It's a great string to your ball, Scott. Was it something you because you did the free kicks, you did you did the penalties? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. a lot of defenders just just think I did right, a lot, I'm yeah, I did a lot of practicing. Obviously, when, when you're growing up, we do a lot of practicing and stuff. And the facilities we had at Rotherham, obviously the indoor gym, which I don't know if you've been been in that, and he was perfect to practice stuff like that. Uh, but my dad, obviously, the way gambling is now, but my dad always guaranteed first goal scorer put it on me twenty pound every game. And luckily, obviously, by the time I got into Bristol, obviously penalties and then Sunderland penalties, I was like 33 to 1 at times. But I, 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 uh, so at, Sunderland, <laughs> at Sunderland, I, was, uh, I scored six penalties in one season and every single one of them was first goal scorer. I went from 33s to 3 to 1 because everybody was jumping on, 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 on the back of it. Uh, and it was actually, I was 33 to 1. Uh, and then is it John McCritty, the 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 tipster yep. on on Looking BBC? Man, yeah, or, man, yeah. He got asked. He said, "What's the best bet today?" Then obviously thinking he was going to mention uh, some horse, and he went, "Best bet today is Martin Scott, first goal scorer for Sunderland, thirty-three to one." Well, that was it. It killed killed the bet. I went from thirty-three to three within like five minutes. So my dad <laughs> was absolutely gutted. Maybe not as Martin Scott reduces City's deficit. The area. Martin Scott made no mistake with the spot kick. City managed to hang on to their lead as the Premier Leaguers became... Fullback Martin Scott is full of confidence with his place kicking these days. I notice a lot of these penalties go to the keeper's left, Martin. Is that just your preferred outswinging with the, just, with the left foot into the corner? Just, <clears throat> I only ever, ever went the opposite way. And it was, uh, it was funny because... I was confident that if I'd, it, I used to practice me, me, me placing the ball, me run up. Uh, I used to step four steps back, two to two to the right. The ball was thing there, focus. And I, I just felt if I hit it hard enough and low enough, the ball was going away from the keeper. The keeper wouldn't get anywhere near it. And touch wood, they never did. 
Uh, I'll never forget it. Was at, 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 it wasn't at City, but it was at Sunderland. We were about 12th in the, in the league when Peter Reid was there. And, and I'd scored quite a few penalties, like I said, that season. It was a season we ended up getting promoted, but we played Millwall. They were top of the league around about December time. They actually got relegated. That's how bad it was. They were top of the league in December. They got relegated. We were about 10 for 12 that day. We beat them 6-1 or something. We got penalty. Anyway, before I just went out, Bobby Saxton, uh, Peter Reid's assistant, went, Scotty, uh, if you get a penalty today, uh, it was Casey Keller. He went... I know for a fact Casey Keller will be watching all of watch your penalties. He went, you're not going to go the same way, are you? Well, that was it. He put doubt in my mind, you know what I mean? I went, well, to be honest with you, I was. I said, but I'm doubting myself now. Anyway, five minutes into the game, we get a penalty. So I'm thinking, what do I do here? Casey Keller knows I'm going to go that side because I've, every penalty I've took have gone that side. Anyway, I changed it last second and luckily I scored. Uh, Casey Keller went the opposite way. So... So that's, that was the only one in my career I went the opposite way. Brilliant. So it was amazing, really. Fantastic. I mean, with pace, for a goalkeeper, with pace, and it's outside netting, just, and you used to put them just inside the post. Yeah. You're very rarely getting them. That's you know, what I'm saying, You're yeah. very rarely yeah. getting them. Even, you'd have to go very early in the, you know. Of course you would, yeah. Yeah, of course you would. I agree. I agree. Mm. Right, let's have a look at a couple more. City can celebrate a home league win at last. City 2, Barnsley 1. Brighton. 1-0. Look at that. Two things I'm picking out from that. Um, the Atio standing construction at the back yeah. there. And yeah, the yeah. knee, the knee, the dangerous knee slide. They can, well, I, can fall I, flat on your face I, with them. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I, invent, I invented obviously you see loads of players doing it now, but I invented that, the knee slide. All <laughs> ah, right, I see. I see. Painting that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. Look at the pitch. I mean, that's that's what I'm going back to. What I said earlier about the pitches today. Nobody nobody played on pitches like that uh, today, did they? It, it, we used to, that was every week, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. In winter just, time for about November. Also. Just on that, can we just obviously we got Big Wayne there. Yeah. The lad on the right there is that Matty. That's Matty, Matty Hewlett, Hewlett, yeah. Yeah, yeah Matty Hewlett. And who's the who's the lad on the left? Yeah, I'm not sure. Matty, so Matty Hewlett's at the club now um, in a role looking after, uh, I think you look after lo loans, loan players. Oh, is that what he's doing now? Well, the loan, loan pathway kind of uh, players yeah. out on loan reporting back yeah. on them. I haven't seen him sure. for years. Yeah. Right. I'm going to have a look now. Um, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> right. You've so. got a T-shirt on there. Oh, no. It's <laughs> As you can see, obviously, some beds haven't come out then. <laughs> So that was in the 90th minute, that goal. And right. I'm just looking at the players now. That was Henry McCop, that lad. Henry, yes, I can remember him, yes. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. 2-1. And, and another thing, so obviously you saying you go to that side every time, and mm. even if they dive that way, they aren't going to save it because of the sheer power. Mm. But... Um, these games obviously weren't streamed on Sky Sports News or the highlights on ITV mm. or anything, mm. but no. the keepers were unable to do their sort of their due diligence, I suppose. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, now everything is repeated. It's all written on their step. water bottle, isn't it, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's more. There's more insight into what what the other teams and players are doing now. More knowledge on every single player, free kick, pass, everything. We which way he's going to turn, which way he's going to, the Walshy yeah. shuffle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. And like I said, it, I said it earlier about 
it was up to us as players to find out a bit more about the player you're potentially going to play against that, that team of yours sat there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now the chance is left with Martin Scott and he takes it. What a well struck penalty. Martin Scott puts Bristol. Ian Baird. Ian Baird turns. Yeah. He was a tough player. Ian Baird. Oh, he was. He'd been at Leeds United and all that. He'd been at Portsmouth. He'd been. He could. Uh, he, oh, he was, yeah. He Not scouted. He played a lot for the He could throw an elbow. Yeah, he could. Tinian and Scott. Scott on the overlap. There he is. It's another good run. Yeah, I kept that in literally for just as an example of yeah. the Tinian and Scott. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Developing. Yeah. Martin Scott down the left hand side. Yeah. Working well. Te telepathic. Yeah. I suppose then... there's no clips of him making a tackle anywhere because that'd be a rarity. That. <laughs> I focused on the goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, I think at this point, Russell Osman was just a player, but obviously he became player-manager. That was against Southend. Yes, right. And the manager was B Barry Fry, right? And uh, a character. I'll tell you what, who they had up front, Jason Lee. Jason, so yeah. as you can oh, see, yeah. I've had Very my nose broken. I'd had my nose broken that day. Uh, I, was, I was on the front, front post for corners uh, against, and Jason Lee was playing. Uh, Mark Shale, Russell Osman was were, were, were centre half that day. In the first forty-five minutes, Jason Lee had smashed my nose, as you can see, and the bone had come from bridge of my nose. Uh, it split uh, Russell Osman's eye. If you step hey, back you can, slightly, you can, you can see, see it, it can on you? his yeah. face. It split his eye. There, look. And it split mm -hmm. Mark Shale's eye. Right. So we'd all gone in at half time. This is all in the first forty-five minutes, by the way. Wow. I was having stitches on my nose. Shaley and uh, Dr. Daz Gupta was, was stitching Dr. all three of us. Yeah. Never <laughs> forget it. Cigarette in mouth. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, as we were getting stitched, there's a knock on door. Barry Fry walks in. So Oz was raging. He was raging. And he went, uh, what do you want? So Barry went, just let you know, uh, Russell, uh, I'm taking Jason off because I know what had happened to him second half. <laughs> <laughs> and he took him off, took him off at half-time, because he was a big lad, Jason Lee. Yeah. Oh, he's massive. Yeah. But all three of us were, like, all stitched up, ready ready for him second half. Blimey. What a story. That's, uh, yeah, that I, I noticed the the number of cuts and bruises in that game. But mm. uh, let's, let's see what Martin Scott had to say about it. It certainly was, yeah. There's a few... Uh... Few cut faces, as you, as you can see. Uh, like I say, that's football. It's, it's a tough game. I think the lads just have to get three points. And it was your first shot that set up the penalty. That's right. Like I say, Brian Tinian set me up quite a few times. Uh, I've gone inside the full back and it bounced up, and I just took a, a nice shot at the, for the goal. He's padded it. I think uh, I, don't, I don't know who got brought down. I think it was Brian Tinian. I'm not sure. And like I say, Tins are confident to step up, take the penalty. Like I say, went one, one mil up, so we're happy. Yeah. And a great shot in the second. So how come Tins started taking the penalties then? I don't know. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember. You weren't much on. I got the I ball. I can't remember what, uh, why that happened. Okay, that's strike. That's always encouraged us to take mm. a shot. Simple as that. Yeah. Might say we're confident. I, I struck it well. He's onside. Brian Burrows. So Brian Burrows. Brian Burrows putting a cross in, and, and you're the furthest man forward, Martin, at this point. Uh, did, did you migrate up into midfield, I think, for a I've few games? I've no idea. I don't think so. <laughs> I've no idea what I don't know. I've no idea what I'm doing there. I'm probably just getting back from last attack. <laughs> Love it. 
But Brian Burrows, weren't he? Weren't he ex Liverpool? Yeah, I think so. Or I want to say Everton, but Everton or someone. He was certainly playing in the top division. Yeah, I think did he, did he join? I think he joined City on loan. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got number eleven shirt on there, so you're probably right. I might have played sort of left hand side. He might have. I don't know who played left fullback uh, for a few days uh, games, but I got number eleven shirt on that day for some reason. Yeah, brilliant. Let's have a look. Hmm. Mark Gavin. Mark Gavin was a good, fo- good footballer. And how beautifully Mark Gavin gave the pass. He was, yeah. And there was no we joined pretty similar times, me and Gavin. We, we got on really well. Loved his horses. Loved his horses. And what a great finish by That's got to be one of your best strikes, Best strikes, that, was, that one, Martin. That was Barnsley away. Finding Tinian, and that's to Scott. And what a great finish by Martin Scott, fully 35 yards there. That was Lee Butler. Absolutely stunning shot by Scott. Right into the top corner, City's equaliser. I can remember that. Right, now we come on to uh, the Liverpool games, all three of them. Uh, The first one was 1-1 at Ashton Gate, abandoned due to floodlight failure. And then it was 1-1 at Ashton Gate again. Same goal scorers, Alisson and Rush, and then up to Anfield. So... uh, Let's just remind ourselves. Gives them the best possible start. Barnes takes on Scott on the outside. The other defender. John Barnes got the better of you there, Martin. He did, yes, yes. I can't believe that. <laughs> Bryant was stretching as well. 80 minutes to get a position and touch it in the corner. <laughs> and that is Ian Rush's 40th goal in FA Cup. But you, you pull it back now, I think. You set yeah. up this goal. It's a cross. Edwards. Scott. Allison goes near post. What a cross. Yes! Wayne Allison equalises. Martin Scott's cross. And Bristol City are level. The near post ball. He was a great love, Chief. Yeah, he's come, he came on. He came on yeah. the podcast with Junior Bent, and that was a laugh a minute. I tell you, the with Junior and Wayne, um, both. What a what a great lad, Wayne Andy. Oh, still he, is. Uh, again, just fitted into that dressing room and brought his own bit of humour to it, and and you know he, he chipped in with his fair share. Mm. And I came across him later on at Sheffield United when he was still playing at the back end. I was coaching there, and he was yeah. still doing a job then. Oh, it, it was a. It used to make me laugh on a Monday morning after the <laughs> after the game. Uh, obviously, when forty, it's always forty eight hours after games, isn't it, Andy? Really, where he sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. he sort of takes takes its toll. But uh, we used to start warming up, and Chief was, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he had to get WD forty out to get him going again. But uh, <laughs> what a what a great lad! And like I say, he's been oh, fantastic. Fantastic after retiring as well with his own career. Well, he's, um, he's, he's a doctor a, now. Doctor, and he's uh, works for the for the LMA, I believe. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've spoke right. to him a couple of times actually over the last sort of five or six years, and he's always there. You, you can ring him, leave a message. He'll, he'll always ring you back. He's, he's a nice kid. Leaves sprawling. Good play by the fullback. A natural left footer. That's what you want on that side. And what a good header. And the fans waited patiently. Only problem is that goal and that cross didn't count. In the glue. I know. After a delay yeah. of 15 minutes, yeah, some of the minutes. lights were on. It was the uh, it, it was the big power 
Still the capacity crowd of over 20,000 weighted with their own illumination in some cases. So, yeah, up to Anfield, 36,720, um, only for, for Tinian to smash one in in the 67th minute. And struck. Mm -hmm. That was a great finish, wasn't it? Both the players yeah. and their fans were ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like, Martin, that atmosphere there, the, the euphoria of beating a Liverpool at Anfield? It was funny because, like I said, we, we'd actually played well in all, all three games. Uh, we were obviously disappointed the first game got, got cancelled, but we were, we were right up against them. And then, obviously, the, the, the replay, uh, obviously, the second game, sorry, 1-1 one, one again. And we were so confident. At, at that time, we were playing really well. Uh, and we had a good set, of, good set of lads who were sticking together. And Liverpool were going through a real difficult patch. I think Graham Sooners was the manager, and uh, they obviously had top international players. But we just we were confident going there and matching them, which we did. And 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 it weren't a fluke on the night. In all fairness, uh, we obviously came up under a bit of pressure because of the, the quality of players that they got. But realistically, I think we deserved to to sort of nick the game one nil and like it's a great great goal, great great occasion. Uh, but we start to. I think once, once we once we beat Liverpool, we were sort of we we're sort of dreaming of the sort of uh, Wembley Towers. Then after that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think we got beat against Charlton in the fifth or sixth round, which was really disappointing because yeah. from going obviously from Anfield and beating Liverpool to then getting beat, I think off Charlton was a, was a real real disappointing uh, end to it, end to our FA Cup run really. Well, yeah, it was a two 0 defeat away to Charlton. Um, yeah. But but it was uh, 4-0 in the, in the next round after that to Stockport, uh, Stockport County. Yeah, um, yeah. The Chief got a, got a hat-trick in that one. But mm, uh, let's, let's, right, yeah. let's roll this uh, roll this footage on. The City players saluted their fans and the Liverpool supporters who booed their own side but cheered the victors. Brilliant! Absolutely superb! What a <laughs> <laughs> Julian. <laughs> Liam Robinson, my God. Oh, Liam, yeah. Liam Robinson, Dave Martin, Dave, another Dave person Martin, we haven't yeah. mentioned. There we go. So on that, obviously after the game, uh, Graham Sooners actually got the sack, I think, the next day. He did, yeah. And uh, we were actually on the coach, ready to ready to sort of leave. Uh, must be about an hour, an hour and a half after the game. And we'd been in the players' lounge. I'd seen my mum and dad who'd been at the game. And as we were setting off, there was a knock on the coach door and we opened the door and... and Razor Ruddock was there and he actually came on and to congratulate us, which was great of him. You know what I mean? And he actually brought two big crates of, of beer on for the for the lads. Yeah, Rob Edwards and told he, this story as well. Yeah, and, and he just shows you that. See, I know I don't I don't know if he was sort of saying thank you, sort of thing, because they they're going through a rough, rough, a rough patch, and obviously soon has got the second next day, but <laughs> or or it just purely the sort of lad he was, it was a, obviously a really nice of him to do that. You know what I mean? Brilliant, and, isn't it? Yeah, so it was a nice, uh, top, obviously a top player, a uh, top player at the time. All right, coming back to you, Andy. So uh, 89-90, yeah. obviously the promotion season, you shared the keeper's jersey that, that season pretty much with, with Ronnie, Ronnie Sinclair. Um, yeah. You don't often see that during uh, a promotion season, any season really, on an equal split between you know two number well, ones. I'd picked up uh, a thigh injury, played Cardiff, we beat him 3-0. I'd... I'd as I say, Woffy had gone to Watford. I'd got into the Sheffield United game the season previous and then continued to, to be first 
you know, with the number one shirt. And Ronnie came in, you know, we needed another keeper. And Ronnie was another great lad. We used to work well together. And I had a, a niggling thigh problem, which progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse, which ended up with a quite a big operation in the summer. And and Ronnie got in after, but I just after you know, 20 odd games, maybe just before Christmas. And uh, yeah, I was gutted to be out of the team, but you know, delighted for the lads when we went up, obviously being part of the early season. But um, and Ronnie came in, did a great job. And uh, you know, as when Welshie came as well, mm. I'd like to think we had a good group of keepers that, that sort of pushed each other. Um, but yeah. yeah, I was gutted, and I, I ended up, it was a ruptured. Rectus femoris, which is a kicking muscle. Yeah, I've seen the, I can remember you showing me, I've seen the oh, scar, it? it was terrible. Wasn't and it? It, it just got worse and worse. And I, mm-hmm. I remember. Was that a buster? A buster getting his elbow into it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it was filling up during the game by Monday morning. It had gone down this great big cyst thing. And I was continuing playing, but I remember we played in the cup against somebody. And I remember running to the ball and I thought, it's going to go. It was a goal kick later on. I thought, this is going to go. And it did. Oh, I mean, you know, when you feel it go. Mm. And uh, oh. I was in a bit of trouble, but anyway, it got sorted out at the end of the season. Yeah. I got, uh, I'll never forget, I played against Middlesbrough and they were top of the league at the time. And Jamie Pollock, can remember him? He did me at the far side. Uh, he did me, who there, who there, yeah. yeah, yeah that was yeah. my dad, dad calling. Uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's stuck on the motorway, he can't get, he can't now lift down to Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> But, you uh, to come and sit down on the podcast. That's right. And uh, uh, Jamie Pollard, I, I used to, didn't get on with him for some reason when we played against each other. He's, he's a lovely lad, actually. And uh, obviously when you retire, you sort of speak to these players. But at the time, I just had no time for him. Anyway, he did me at the far side. And uh, I got a dead leg. And I had to come off second half. I just couldn't, the leg had seized up. I just couldn't walk. And I'll never, I'll never forget it. I was in the <laughs> physio's room Buster. putting ice on it and uh, game finished I think we got beat 1-0 or something so Buster walks in with his t-shirt on it was freezing cold as usual yeah every t-shirt. yeah we used to yeah and he just get, went, get a top on yeah he, he, he just says alright mate he said I know the best thing for that and he put his elbow <laughs> right dead leg I went no one could go anywhere near my leg five yards stay away it was that the pain was that much anyway he got his elbow into into me dead leg well they had to peel me off ceiling oh my god the pain but in all fairness it worked as it daft as it sounds wow. by Monday Tuesday I was bike bike walking and running I mean but Buster oh I mean him and Daz were were uh, Dr Daz got to another pair weren't they I mean Damn. I'd had that operation in the summer and Daz mm. came to see me, Dr. Daz, in the in the hotel. All the lads had gone abroad. And yeah. I'd got booked in. I couldn't go on the trip away. I was gutted. Yeah. And uh, of course, I'm on the heroin and morphine. I was high as a kite. <laughs> and and Buster, I'd kept, I had some problems with my wisdom team. They got me booked in and Buster yeah. for the week after. So I got my thigh done and my teeth done all at the same time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to get into the place in St. Mary's, which was run by nuns. Um, to get my teeth out for this buzz that you get afterwards. And I remember coming round and I, you know, all bleary eyed, and all these nuns, there was about three of them looking at me. I thought I'd died. I thought I'd gone to <laughs> <laughs> and they shook me and said, Are you all right, Mr. Leland? And that was it. But it yeah. was a cat. Dr. Daz and Buster were. Well, well, another, they were just part of the club, weren't they, really? Uh, I was, it was so funny because we, I, I don't know if, I think you might have left by then. We went to, uh, when Russell Osman was manager, we went to uh, Zimbabwe. The end of season tour, and it was run by uh, Bruce Grobelar's agent. 
it was, it was a 13-day tour of Zimbabwe. And uh, we'd been given these malaria tablets. You had to take one tablet. It was massive. It's massive, big, like a big discus malaria tablet. One tablet a week that lasts seven weeks a season. But it was well known. It used to upset you. So we were taking these tablets one a, uh, one a week. And uh, Dave Martin came in on the, uh, on the Monday after being given after the game on Saturday. And it was really bad. So Buster went, what are you doing? He said, he said malaria tablets. He said, he said, I took seven. He went, you are. <laughs> but Dave Martin had took seven straight away. Oh, my God. And it was supposed to take one a, one a week for seven weeks. <laughs> he took seven in one go. Oh my, oh my god but what a what a trip we had what an absolute fantastic mm. trip really really enjoyed it oh, but you awesome. catch buster occasionally shivering on bench you know and then he had that little t-shirt in the middle of winter and yeah. you know he went ex-marine mate ex-marine ex-marine i'm sure he would have corrected you and said royal marine that was his uh exactly yeah his line i mean that, how, how but, fast was he we used to wind him up you know because we used to talk about other physios, and we used to say to him, oh, by the way, so-and-so's, uh, Alan Smith at Chef Wednesday was really, really fast. So uh, we used to say, oh, Alan Smith's physio tonight, boss. So, yeah, I know. I said, tell you what, he's fast, you know. I said, tell you what, I bet he could beat you. And he'd look like as if say, no, he won't. Oh, my God. But when, when two physios had to run at the oh, same time. brilliant. Oh, it was so funny. Oh, as a, as a fan. I know, yeah, yeah. As a as a fan watching that, two physios <laughs> coming on at the same time, Buster Brilliant. and someone else, yeah. that that was as good as a goal sometimes. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but what a what a character! What a yeah, character. no, absolutely. We we actually celebrated Buster Footman at Ashton Gate in the Blackpool game last season, yeah. and his son yeah. Rick came down, and uh, oh, fabulous, uh, I think yeah. it would have been his eighty fifth birthday on that on that weekend. We put a yeah. big picture up on the screen and a few videos and stuff, and yeah, sold some yellow t shirts and things like that. So it was oh, fantastic. Yeah, and and every time I do a Robins reunited, we always mm. talk about the physio, which is oft more often than not Buster Footman. But mm. I haven't even had to have that segment. All the Buster stories have come out naturally with you guys. <laughs> yeah, because like I say everyone, everyone, it was so. If you were injured, right, you were in every hour. God sends. They were so adamant they wanted to get you back fit because he knew obviously back then for us to make half decent money you had to play because he, he, your appearance money and your bonuses obviously lifted your your salary at the time we weren't on massive money but your like I said, your appearance and your bonuses were you could yeah, virtually double your, double your money and you needed to play and Buster in all fairness used to put every hour in to try and get you to, to, to perform on a Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday and it was great to see to be honest with you do you remember the speed balls? The, 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 yeah. You used to have those yeah. on them. Yeah. You, you were in at nine o'clock. You worked till 10. The first team went training. Yeah. You had a cup of tea. You did some more. You went for your dinner. Oh. And then you did that speed ball session. And you My. always finished up with a sauna about five o'clock, didn't you? <laughs> remember? In that sauna. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, to be fair, he got you back as quickly as he could. Oh, he got your back. Oh, he, got, he, he got your back. Don't worry about that. He put some hours in the lad. He really did. Um, so I'm just looking because I had a story or a question even from Rob Edwards for, for you, yeah. Martin. He said, uh, make sure you say hello to both of them. So hello yeah. to both of you. Yeah, ask, yeah. ask Scotty yeah, about, about the white water on the Zambezi. Oh my God. <laughs> like I said, we went on this trip and, 
we had to have police escorts everywhere we went. It was obviously the, the poverty in, in, in Zimbabwe at the time. And we stayed in Harare and we had to, we played a two or three local games. Then we played the national team and we were there for 13 days. Anyway, the club gave us £130 spending money, £10 a day. And we were like, that's not enough. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll spend that in first bar sort of scenario. You wouldn't have done, but some might have. <laughs> oh, I, I came back with 150. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we were all obviously, it was end of season. So it, it weren't a, a massive pressure in winning the games. Anyway, the, these games were sellouts, right? And uh, and we travelled in sort of minibuses, seven or eight players in each minibus. We had three or four minibuses, all the kits and staff. But we had police escorts on, 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 on the motorbikes, travellers everywhere. And we went to games. I'll never forget it. The first game, it was a sellout. But there was a riot while the game was going on. Uh, and then they calmed that down. Uh, and then Shirley, at the end of the game, he took his shirt off and threw it in the crowd, right? And we, we went with baseball caps, we went with badges. It was just trying to sort of promote English football and certainly Bristol City. So Shirley lobs his shirt into the crowd. Well, it caused a riot. And I mean, people were fighting over this shirt. Swear to God, right, a, a policeman with a dog, an Alsatian, it was there. He picked the dog up and he threw it in the crowd. Oh, my God. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. He threw this dog over the fence into the crowd to calm the crowd down. So we're in the dressing rooms. And I used to be in charge of uh, the stereo system with the music and the, and, and the CDs then. Obviously, it weren't LP, with CDs. <laughs> so I've got all this all this equipment, and we had to get to this minibus. Well, the crowd outside was, was honestly, it was a, they were rioting for some reason. And we gets back into the, uh, we gets back into the minibuses, and the police are, are riding in front of us for us to get through. And, and we had to stop at some traffic lights, and it was sad to see that a lot of children over there, for some reason, parents chopped their, half their arms off or half their legs off. Because apparently a, a child with only so many limbs can actually earn more money begging. That's right. how poverty is. Anyway, so this little little uh, uh, child came to the uh, window and sort of tapping and Rob opened the window. And I think he gave him some, like two or three uh, Zambezi dollars or something, what it was, which was like nothing. I mean, nothing. Uh, but to this child was like massive amount of money. Yeah. And and the, and, the, and the, the, the child's face was like it was quite sad to see to be honest with you. So so at night we used to sort of sit in the bar and we, was, we couldn't spend the money virtually because it was everything was so cheap. Uh, bottles of beer were so cheap, uh, and we, we never ended up spending in under thirty pound that we got given because we could buy anything realistically. But going back to the the story that Rob says, this certain day we went whitewater rafting down the Zambezi. And, and I've got actually got some pictures in the, in the, in the loft now, and, and it's amazing to see. And you've got one one chap sat on a, a wooden box in like a rubber dinghy, and there's four of us at the front, four players, uh, and four at the back. And you're going down Zambezia at a real pace. The, the, the rapids are amazing. And you have to sort of throw yourself at the front of the uh, rubber dinghy as it's hitting the wave. You've got to hit me. At the same time that you hit the wave, if you don't, it'll flip the boat over. So before we get in it, Dave Martin said, well, I can't swim. I can't swim, he's saying, I can't swim. Liam Robinson was there, me, Rob, Shaley was there. There was eight of us in this boat. And uh, we said, don't worry about it. So this lad says, by the way, you do realise these alligators <laughs> are in this Zambezi. 
whatever happens, don't <laughs> fall out. <laughs> but if you do, whatever you do, don't put your feet down because the rapids are that fast. You'll get your feet caught in the rocks and the water will force you forward and we'll lose you. You'll go underwater and we won't see you. Anyway, so they, they had two canoeists in front of us. They used to go down the rapids and they'd get on the rocks and they'd be taking photos as we go down. So we're going down this uh, rapid and it's amazing, honestly. It's the best holiday and experience we've ever had with a group of lads. And we've all been drinking the uh, night before. And as we go down, it, it sort of levels out a bit and it goes really calm. And he's saying, oh no. And I said, what's the problem? He went, we're in... We're in, we're in the eight day Henry, they call it. I went, you what? He went, we're caught in a in a whirlpool. So we're, we're spinning in this massive whirlpool in this bore. But we couldn't get out of it. We're about 15, 20 minutes. And he's working, trying to get out of this. Couldn't get out. So he went, you're going to have to all get out to swim to the side. So it, it lessens the weight. And we, I might get out. And Dave Martin went, well, I'm not getting out. There's alligators and stuff in this <laughs> <laughs> well it was the funniest thing we all dove in Dave Martin was the last to dive in and we're all swimming to the side at, uh, side at Zambezia we get to the side on the rocks and Dave Martin's still in the boat and this chap's trying to get out trying to, trying to get out, get the boat out of this whirlpool Dave eventually dives in can't swim and we're shouting Dave whatever happens swim as fast as you can because there's a no, there's an alligator just gone in the far side and he's chasing you. Oh Obviously, God. we're lying to him. But honestly, Andy, I've never seen how, how like it. Dave was a tough player. Learned to swim overnight. He learned to swim within about five seconds. He said that, uh, Rob said, it's, it's the only time he's ever seen him scared. I, honestly, I've never seen, because Dave was a tough, tough oh, sort of London Millwall sort of player. Uh, and he shifted. Honestly, got he got to the side. Anyway, we eventually got got out. He got out of this whirlpool. We climbed back in the in the boat, and, and we had the best best day I've ever ever had. Uh, like I said, for team bonding and stuff, it was absolutely fabulous. Honestly, we were really really good 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 trip. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Well, fantastic story. Um, right, just to bring bring the podcast to a close. Um, just talk about the, when leaving. Bristol City. So Andy, your last appearance was in August 92. Um, what do you remember about leaving Ashton Gate? Um, it was time probably for me to move on. Um, uh, Lincoln City came in and I was sort of looking to maybe get back up north and I took the opportunity. Um, I, would, I was disappointed. I, I loved Bristol. If, if I'd have got another contract in Bristol, we'd have probably ended up there as a family. Uh, my son was born there, and uh, I, I, like most players, I think everybody enjoyed their time in the West Country um, with affection. So, uh, but it was time to move on, and actually, as it turned out, it got me into the coaching side of the game. So every cloud sort of has a silver lining, mm. and uh, I did some coaching with Lincoln, and then got to Chesterfield, and then moved on into that side of the game. But um, you know, enjoyed every minute. Disappointed to leave, and, and um, you know, a lot of good lads there. But it was it was just time to move on, basically. Yeah, cool. Okay, and to you, Martin. I think your last game was December '94 away at Sunderland. Mm. Uh, City yeah. were City were bottom of the league and eventually relegated that season. Mm. And we we played Sunderland, and obviously there was rumours that George George come in. In all fairness, and we weren't playing well. Like so, we, we were near the bottom of the division, and and the team was lacking real confidence. So you could see. 
Joe had come back to the club. He'd done really well in his first stint at the club. And uh, he, needed to, he needed to change things around. The team weren't playing well. And obviously, behind the scenes, some were desperate for a... He just sold Don Goodman for about 1.5 million to Wolves and they ended up spending 750 grand on a, on a left bike. So you can imagine it didn't go down too well anyway. So I guess the phone call, I'd just gone home. I'd done all the Christmas shopping. I think it was the 22nd of December. Uh, I got everything in for Christmas. My family was coming down for Christmas. I guess the phone call, uh, come to the club. The gaffer wants to see you. So I'm like, that's strange. Anyway, I, I drive through. I lived in Nailsey, where you'd have lived at the time, Andy, or where you used to live. And as, as I pulls into the car park, Joe's there with a black bin liner with all my trainers and my boots in the bag. And he went, there's your boots. I went, what's, what's happening? He went, we've agreed a fee with Sunderland. You're signing for Sunderland. I went, well, well I'll, I'll go up and see him. Because at the time, obviously, like Andy, I, I'd love my time then. Uh, but I was ready to, and I saw Sunderland as a, as a really... Bigger club, as daft as it sounds, the, the, obviously, the, I weren't, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't playing well myself uh, and I was ready for a change, uh, even though I'd had a great four years at, at Bristol. But it was a real shock uh, of how Joe dealt with it. But when, when you become a manager and a coach yourself, you can look back and you can, you can understand what the situation he was under. Obviously, he had to generate somehow some money. Mm. Did obviously the club had had an offer for myself. Gary Hours were coming as part of the deal, so he straight away got a player in who was a good player. I was going the opposite way. He probably had players who he knew he could probably replace me with within the squad, and I think he brought four or five players in within the with the money that he got for me. So from a Bristol City point of view and Joe's point of view, it had to happen. But I wasn't. I was only going to sign if it was a right deal for me. Right. Anyway, I got I got up to Sunderland and I I'd spoke to Mickey Buxton at Mansfield on that night. And I met him the next day, but the deal just wasn't there. There was nowhere near the money in the deal that I expected. If I'm if I'm totally honest, and and, and the deal fell through. And I said, oh, I'm 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 going back to uh, Bristol. And I was in the hotel at Seaburn on the front there, the Marriott, and the phone rang in the room, and it was Joe. <laughs> it was Joe. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Joe. He went, uh, all right, son. I says, uh, the deal's fell through. It effing hasn't. You're signing. End of. Go back in and sign. <laughs> so anyway, so that's how the conversation went. So at the time, I'll be honest with you, at the time I'm thinking, I can't believe he said that. Because I got on really well with the Bristol City fans. He really took to me. And, 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 and I really enjoyed my time there. And that was probably the, the only disappointing thing from my point of view is that I didn't get... I didn't get the opportunity to, to sort of go back and say thank you to all the fans who would, who would, who would treat me really well and the people obviously within the club. Because I, I went at Christmas, I didn't get home again and, uh, to Bristol until I think March. So everything in the house was still there. The fridge was jam-packed with turkeys and, and pigs in blankets and all sorts in the fridge. So you can imagine the state they were in. Wow. Uh, so, so I literally didn't get back home because of, because of the fixture pile-up. Uh, and I signed for Sunderland, and I was totally lacking confidence at the time. And it, it really knocked me confidence the way I'd been... Sorry, the way I felt I'd been trapped by Joe. But looking back, and Andy will, will sort of uh, back me up on this, 
when you cross that line to become a coach or a manager, you see things completely different. And, and when you're a player, you only think about yourself. Footballers are very selfish people. We, we, we are. We're an individual in a team, team environment. Uh, so I was only thinking about myself at the time. And it had to be right for me and my family. Mm. And I just felt I deserved to be treated better. But then I look at what Joe had to deal with. He had to bring players and he had to get some, uh, sorry, Bristol City up the league as much as he possibly can. And, and I was the sort of out, you'd, out, out the door sort of scenario. But as you say, that. Scotty, when you, when, you go, when you cross the line, you know, I've been in dressing rooms, uh, sorry, you know, mm. coaching rooms, and you're asked questions about players and we can get this and we can do that and we can mm. do it. It all depends on him and it depends on it. And then you start seeing everything from a different point of view and, and books Massively. balance the thing. Yeah. And actually, he's, he's probably not as personal as you thought it was. Well, it's, well, it's business. It's not, no, it's not, it's no. not personal at all. In, in, and I've met, I've met Joe three or four times. I was really, really good friends with Gordon McQueen who recently sorry, sadly just died. And I was at uh, his funeral and uh, I spoke to Joe at length. Uh, we actually, Neil Cooper, when I was assistant at Hartlepool, we signed his son, Andy Jordan. Mm. Uh, so, and I've met Joe three or four times, and we and we we actually laugh about it now. He says, "Oh, sorry, I had to say anything." I said, "Well, at the time, Joe, it was really hard for me." I says, uh, "But I certainly don't take uh, it's nothing personal. I, I see exactly what you had to do." Uh, and in all fairness, it was a great move for me in the end, even though the first sort of month or so was a real tough one because I signed for Sunderland as Daft, and, and Bristol had a bit of a uh, they picked up results. And Sunderland actually went below them. I think we, we went somewhere like third or fourth bottom Sunderland and Bristol went to somewhere like sixth or seventh bottom. Uh, we eventually picked up. Peter Reid came seven games to go. He won five out of the seven and we, we stayed up. Mm. Skin of his teeth. And then we, we won, the, won the league the following year where Bristol got relegated. Yeah. Uh, so it was eventually been a... It eventually became a really good move for me, obviously, because I had seven years at Sunderland and went to the Stadium of Light and we got promoted to the Premiership. So it was a really good move. But at the time, it was really sort of hard work and it was hard to understand why these comments were made. Yeah. Oh, again, again, another great story. Thanks for sharing mm. that with us. You mentioned there about Hartlepool and being assistant manager. You were assistant manager that night, weren't you, at Ashton Gate? I was. What a night that was. I mean, we speak about that often as well, that the the ground was absolutely shaking. Um, mm. You know, good fellow scoring the header from the Christian Roberts cross and then Christian Roberts scoring that goal in, yeah. in, towards the end as well. Um, mm. Neil Cooper was the manager. And, and we, we were, I think Anthony Sweeney had scored for us and, and Little Artley Paul potentially getting to the playoff final, do you know what I mean? And, and uh, we were 1-0 up late on. I'll never forget it. We had two or three players really struggling with injury later on, and we were we were sort of getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Obviously, the fans were demanding, and the the, the atmosphere was unbelievable at uh, Bristol City. We were trying to keep an an eye line, uh, but in all fairness, it probably went against us. We probably should have sat in a bit more. Uh, but Bristol scored two late goals, and like I say, to, and it was a pitch invasion, uh, and and <laughs> it was a nightmare because obviously. The fans were running in front of it, were cheering, the smell of beer on everybody's breath. Oh, my <laughs> God. And, and, and I mean, it was just, obviously, I was delighted, obviously, gutted for the Hartlepool team, because obviously I was a system, but also I was pleased for Bristol that night, because obviously, who, who did they play in the final? Uh, was it Brighton? 
did you, did you get beat in the final or did you go up that year? Yeah, we lost to Brighton in the final 1-0, uh, 30th of May right. 2004. But, 2004 uh, was it yeah 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 but yeah. um you know that 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 night was special and as you say you, you know you're linked yeah. to bristol city and uh yeah. yeah we just didn't, couldn't get it over the line in the playoff final but um yeah, yeah. i just done yeah. on the podcast um a couple of years ago and brought up that and he was actually there and he said yeah. the same he said he'd never experienced anything like it yeah i saw jeff Saturday actually i was at the Hartlepool game against Aldershot. Uh, my my youngest lads at Aldershot and Jeff was in the stand on Saturday. Oh, uh, wow. So obviously Hartlepool, uh, they got beat 2-1 late on on Saturday as well. So <laughs> I don't think Jeff was too pleased again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Brilliant yeah, stuff. Oh, uh, fantastic. Let's let's finish on a few a few funnies then. So um got the i've got the program here from 1991 um favorite music what would you reckon your favorite music would have been in 1991 i know i like a bit of everything probably it was dolly parton uh about it was probably something like a simply red or something like that or no elton john elton john and rod stewart yeah, oh, well, I always liked them. Yeah, they were always got to like them today, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, what car were you driving at that at that point? Oh, it would have been something like a, a Mondeo or a Cavalier or something like that, or Ford. Uh, Ford Sierra Sapphire. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I was that? Flash. Yeah, he got his sign on. Remember that? Yeah. Do you, do you know the thing about the cars? It, it, we used to have to take people in the cars to training ground. Of course, yeah. the keepers used to get blathered. Yeah, and, and of course, if it was Scottish turn, he had a fishing basket in back, you know, <laughs> pulled in paddling pool. There was never any room. And uh, <laughs> do you remember we used to have them car schools? We used yeah. to go to Payland. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to. The car, you know, the cars were filthy, weren't they? Inside, you know, uh, people jumping in straight after training. You know, absolute but nightmare. That's how it was. I, yeah. I don't want to upset you, but you had a black cat called Sooty at that point. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, it came from Sheffield. It was a blade, actually. That cat. We got it from Sheffield Cats. So, yeah, right. yeah, it had a good long life. That one. Okay, right. Uh, Martin Scott, what car were you driving in 1991? It'll have been a, a, a purple Cavalier. Vauxhall Cavalier. So yeah, spot Thank on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, pets I from, again. I got you it had... from auctions. Uh, there we are. You <laughs> had a pet called Pharaoh, an English bull terrier. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. I used to bite everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to. I got on. I, I actually got on really well because I was quite uh, dominant with it. He, he, he took to me, but anybody else, it just wouldn't have him. And well, you know how vicious they are. Bloody hell, yeah. Oh my it's god, and uh, it, anyone and anywhere near me, mommy used to attack him. So it was a nightmare, dog. Very vicious. Right, your fa- favorite music? You too. Bill Collins. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. There we are. Yeah. Um, your favourite league ground at that point was Goodison Park. I was going to say Goodison Park, yeah. Yeah? I was going to say Goodison Park. Yeah. And then, um, if you weren't involved in football, what would you do? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Go on. Pigeon racer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with his flat cap. And his, yeah, that's what they're all from, pigeon fancy yeah, from Roger with flat God. cap. Yeah, that'd be about right, that. That would be about right, yeah, yeah. Oh, my geez. God. Pigeon um, fancier. Yeah. And I, I, I think we should finish on that. But I, I find another one for Martin from the season yeah. afterwards. And the most difficult opponents you'd played against. 
oh, back then, probably Trevor Stevens, something like that. Yeah, Trevor Stevens won. Yeah. And uh, the other uh, one Steve, is a winger, Blackburn Steve, winger. Oh, uh, Stuart Ripley. Stuart Ripley, yeah, spot on. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a top uh, solicitor or, or something. Oh, okay. yeah, Premier FA, League yeah. winner as well. Stuart Ripley. Was, yeah. His son actually plays, Connor Ripley. Uh, okay. He plays for uh, something like Morecambe or something like that. He's a good lad, actually. He was at Middlesbrough when I was there, young kid. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, excellent stuff. Thank really you so it. much for spending the last couple of hours talking uh, talking through yeah. your time at Bristol City. I can tell by, you know, how some of the stories that you've told mm. and uh, how much your time at Bristol City meant to you. Do you want to just uh, wrap it up for us, Andy, and just... Just ex- explain and describe what Bristol City meant to you then and, and what it means to you now. Well, I've come from what I call the big club in Sheffield United, but it's, it's only when you get down to Bristol City that you realise that it is a big club as well. Uh, the passion of the fans, the way they supported with you, singing that Drink Up Beside a song when you were winning, particularly if it was in a Rovers derby, and just the general area and the people that went with it and the players that were there as well. You know, it was... It was just a good time to be involved at the football club. And, you know, when I bumped into Scotty again a couple of years back, we're just straight back reminiscing about mm-hmm. times and, and today. And it's been nice doing that today. So, yeah, general, love the place and still look for the results. And, uh, you know, just enjoy being involved with all the players that, that, that were there whilst we were there. Fantastic. And for you, Scotty? Like I said, Robin back then was a really small club. Uh, it was ideal for me. Uh, but I was ready to move to a bigger club in Bristol. It actually made helped me grow up, if I'm honest. Uh, moving away from home at that time, sort of 19, 20, uh, into a dressing room where there was some real, real talent uh, and some good, good lads, uh, some good players to play with, and it, it really helped me as a person and as a as, as a footballer, and it certainly helped my career. And I love my time. In, in Bristol Lakes, it's a fabulous place to live. Uh, completely different from where I was brought up from in Sheffield, uh, but a fabulous place to live. Got some really good friends still down in Bristol, and 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 always love to go back there. But it, it's a, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I, it's a shame that you've never really met that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I keep saying, oh, they're, they're a massive club; they should do it. Well, they should do it because you've got, you've got the support, you've got the everything in place now the training around the the stadium but it's just make, making that next step to, to to go into the premiership which will obviously will help them financially but again there's that many other clubs who are desperate to do the same thing so it's a real tough one uh and, and like I said, nigel pearson and uh he's curtis, is it curtis fleming who's the assistant i actually bumped into yeah. him a few weeks ago and two great lads actually uh but it's just a real tough ass now, I think, to make that big jump uh, up into it the It is for a lot of clubs, if you're honest. I mean, look at look at Sheffield United. They had a great season last year. They've come down. Leeds United have done the same. Yeah. The, the, the standard, well, the, to get into that league, and sometimes it's it's mm. a poison chalice when you get there because it's going to be, a, unless you've got the finance to go with it. Mm. Mm. Um, I think I think I think what what I've noticed with Bristol City over the recent years is it really produces some real top young talent. Yeah. They really are, yeah. and I think there's some good people in the club. I know we've mentioned Tins and 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 a few other staff. Uh, it's great to see, and, and they are producing some real local talent. Uh, and we're moving on to, if not with the club Bristol, but they're moving on to the Premiership uh, 
careers. So it's, so, so that's nice to see. But I'd, I'd love I'd love to see Bristol make the make that leap to to the Premiership and see how and uh, see how they could sort of cope. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely do want to see that as well. I, I as a fan can't wait to be able to go to the mm. grounds, the Premier League grounds, and um, mm. and see see how we can how we can progress uh, up up the yeah. leagues. But uh, thank you both so much for 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 coming on the podcast. Uh, mm. Hope we see you at Ashton okay. Gate very very soon. Is it, just a final question. Yeah, in sure. Bedminster. In Bedminster, there's a pub on the corner called the Hen and Chicken. Is it still there? The hen and chicken is still there. <laughs> yeah, the hen and chicken is still there. That's not the one with the bowling alley down the side, is it? No, no, no. no. It's just a little no, pub on the I'm corner. Really... Yeah. yeah, the hen and chicken is still going strong. Hen and chicken. Well, I, let's just say I spent many a night in there with Mickey Mellon and his Scottish friends. <laughs> and uh, my God. Well, well, at least I didn't have to get a taxi home because it's in walking distance from our, <clears throat> our digs, actually. So, uh, well, the Billy, the Billy Wedlock's one was always a funny one because Bale would on, say, mate. does anybody yeah. fancy a shandy after training? And Robbie <laughs> Turner just piped up. He said, thing is, Bill, you don't have any lemonade in your shandies. Well, I'll tell you what, Martin, you come back down Ashton Gate. We'll take I'm you in the head come, and chicken. So it'd be great to, great to yeah. come down. Awesome. Great stuff. Right. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to Andy Leonan and Martin Scott reminisce, there's about 26 other episodes of Robin's Reunited for you to have a listen through. Um, so please do check them out in the archives. But for now, we'll leave it there. Follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC and we'll be back again soon. Cheers, chaps. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate Cheers, it. Scott. Cheers, Scotty.